to the fantasy football fire. This is the Pyro Podcast, show 315, and we got a doozy for you tonight, dropping that goo, giving you that FF knowledge. The 2018 season is just around the bend. Training camps are happening, and today I've got my boy Stag Party on the other end of a remote call with me. And basically, we are going to be doing a show called Beard Gut Check for 2018. We're going to be doing a number of uh, different kind of smorgasbordy type of elements to this show. We're going to start out with some training camp news and just some of the elements that's, that's happening. Players are practicing. Players are getting hurt. Um, and then we're going to go into our segment two is going to be um, who are you taking between these guys? Kind of like uh, if you're on the clock and you get an option between these, this guy or that guy. And then we're going to bundle some players. Hey, would you, if you ended up out of your first two rounds with these two guys or these two guys, which team looks better? Um, and we're going to have a little fun with that. I think it's good when you do that gut check uh, and talk about guys really A to B and apples to apples. It really, um, it really is the best way to, for you to change your tiers. Uh, segment two, three is going to be uh, trends for drafting uh, this year for 2018. What's happening in fantasy football this year that's a little different from years prior. Um, and then the segment four is draft strategies you'll be using this year. As I said, I've got Stag Party on the other end. I'm D-Rex. We are Pyromaniac.com. What's up, good buddy? How you doing? Good, man. Just... Uh... Still trying to get back in action. A little bit of recovery is needed after uh, you know a little bit of a hiatus uh, across the pond uh, in over in Germany. You know, bouncing around, uh, having a lot of big life events. Uh, so lots to uh, recover from now. Yeah, well, if you don't mind me telling, congrats, Dag Party. Um, proposed um, to his longtime girlfriend. Going to be a, a married man in the not-too-distant future, so hats off. I really love your girl. I have only really hung out with you guys uh, a few times, but a uh, real sweetheart. You guys are a good couple, so um, congrats to you, my man. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy for you. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. It's going to be uh, interesting, but I'm going to try and stay the same level-headed person at all times. I don't know <laughs> how that's going to work out, but we'll do our best. Um and it's sort of it's prime fantasy football season now, you know. Is coming it, back from that, it, now you gotta like jump right in it because you know we're working on pumping out a version of the draft kit by this weekend because people, you know, between this weekend and next weekend, a lot of drafts are going to be happening. So we're going to talk about a lot of different things, you know, from draft day uh, ideas and strategies to just you know things to do, you know to prepare for those drafts uh in the next couple of weeks because it is crunch time son right and i think it's been crazy like we've talked about it a little bit how we we've, we've kind of put it in a neutral a little bit more this off season um after the super bowl um than we had in years past both in the podcast but also on content and rookies and everything we just kind of made a decision that we were going to kind of chill out a little bit more this year for no other reason than just been working our tails off for better part of seven years um, and just kind of no off-season go, go, go. And it's been it's been really wonderful. I, I know we've all agreed and talked about how nice it is to um, be able to go out and have some beers with your buddies instead of have to get home and write some article about, uh, you know, training camp or uh, the draft. 
Um, but at the same time, it's been such a whirlwind now, like literally since the July 4th almost to now, which has been a blink of an eye. We're on and you got so much to do and it's been, uh, it's crazy, man. It's going to be a blink of an eye. It's going to be the Super Bowl again and that's just the way it works. But just kind of as we pay attention and really put our focus these days on all these different players and these teams that are coming back, you just realize that football's the best sport of all of them. Um, it's just such an amazing time of the year. It's sad to see the summertime shy kind of, uh, you know, hitting it's it's at the end of the road but there's nothing like the fall and being able to uh watch nfl thursday and sunday it's 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 kind of just the greatest thing ever yeah and this year thursday a couple more saturdays sprinkled in late in the season you know we know about all day sunday monday nights Monday, probably Tuesdays and thursdays and stuff like that getting mixed in here soon enough so it'll be inundated into your bloodstream sooner than you can uh, remember it. But the training camp has gotten off to a, you know, fast start. Um, you know, most teams have actually left their, uh, you know, main training camp location and headed back just for team facilities, uh, getting the regular groove of the season. So what they call their main training camp, might have ended for a lot of teams. Now we're just sort of in preseason mode. We're getting ready for, you know, another game here. I think we got another one uh, on Thursday. It's going to be an interesting, um, you know, tilt uh, as we start getting closer and closer because we're going to find out more and more about what we want to know about these teams. And one of the things you could do during a preseason is, you know, check out usage and see who's coming in before, uh, another guy and see who's touching the ball before, uh, you know, another running back. And that's how you could really, you know, nail down what the depth charts look like as of today. And yeah, those things are changing uh, every day there. You know, those things are a moving work human, working document, much like your tiers for teams. Uh, so they're not going to be set in stone, but you can get a good idea by wa- watching these um, preseason games Who's next up after your stud? Yeah, and and we know that a lot of buzz, everyone in the world in training camps is either looking like the biggest piece of poo or the all-world player and going to be in the Hall of Fame. So you got to take it all with a little grain of salt. you got to make sure to manage uh, truly expectations. There's a lot of people and beat writers and, and, and such that are being paid to keep content and get momentum going for their local teams. So just, uh, you know, temper your expectations and don't dive too much into um, some of the narrative and some of the crazy um, uh, promotions and things that you hear about certain players and how they're, they're looking like the best player on the team. But don't discount it at all, all the way and know that every year, uh, you know, a handful of these guys that come out of nowhere and look like they're players um, kind of it does follow through and they get an opportunity and they seize that opportunity. Every year, there's a lot of players that that happens to. Well, last year, obviously, Kamara was one of them. You know, a year ago, right now, they're like, wow, we got this guy. This guy's the steal. We're going to use him everywhere. And, you know, lo and behold, it turned out to be the case. So, um, you know, just pay attention. Like anything, keep crap in your tears. And we're excited to talk about this stuff right now. Um, you know, I'm going to just go in a little bit and just say something before we start talk about some of these training camp news and, and drop some of this canal. 
uh, just wanted to make an exciting announcement that we're going to be partnering with a new company, kind of a, a startup company for football called Squad QL. And this is a product made by um, the Roto QL folks who have been doing a lot of the DFS uh, daily lineup optimizing um, for years. Uh, pretty cool app that, that I've actually used that, that, that's pretty helpful for you to know um, kind of who the best guy in DFS They've kind of moved over, or they have moved in with Squad QL over into uh, regular redrafts fantasy, and uh, it's a pretty cool uh, optimizing tool as well. Helps you with uh, figuring out guys that you can trade, who's the best person in, in your lineup or on your bench to start this week. There's even um, it tells you guys that are available on the waiver wire. And um, I'm not going to do any live read. We're kind of just announcing this partnership, and you'll be hearing them on, on some of the other shows around. Uh, the fantasy football uh, looks like they're doing a pretty heavy push, um, but it's kind of cool because they're able to tap directly into your uh, leagues and pull your actual roster and your league scoring and such uh, to make this kind of information. So it uh, should be pretty cool. We're excited. We're appreciative of them uh, reaching out to us and saying, hey, you know, we've, we've kind of added you as a, 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 a podcast that's for fantasy football that's got a loyal following, and we really want you guys to promote this app. So we're excited for that. Um, Let's get into this stuff. We'll do a couple other pyro promos throughout this show. As you know, we kind of aren't very good at that, and we're going to try and do better not to annoy you and keep on selling stuff. But at the end of the day, we put our hard time and effort into this, so we got to let people know stuff's out there. Uh, training camp news. It looks like everyone and their brother on the uh, Super Bowl champion Eagles is hurt uh, or going to be hurt or has been hurt. Um you know, you, you hear the news, Alshon Jeffrey. Um, people aren't sure right now if he's going to be able to play this first six games. He might start on the uh, PUP. I'll kind of bundle some guys together, and then we'll kind of discuss it. Obviously, I don't think Wentz is going to make week one. Why would they even push him to do so? you got an M M MVP of the Super Bowl as your backup. And then also you've got uh, Nelson Aguilar, a big part of last year's resurgence with that wide receiver crew. He's banged up. Um, himself, what what's to uh, what are you thinking about? Kind of all these preseason injuries for the Eagles. Yeah, they're uh, fairly banged up right now. And when you're talking about, oh yeah, they're fine without Carson Wentz. Uh, Nick Foles is also banged up, not really practicing on a daily basis. So this team on the practice field so far hasn't looked like uh, the one that ended last season. It, it's a much different looking squad right now. Um, I'm sure in a couple weeks here, Nick Foles is going to get back. I think he's got some back spasms, uh, tightness in you know, that area. So that's something to keep an eye on. Carson Wentz, he sounds like if it's not going to be week one, it's going to be in the first couple weeks of the season. Uh, and that's you know not going to ding his fantasy value too much. And I think when he's out there, he possesses, uh, he possesses so much upside because, you know, we saw that rushing ability mixed with, you know, those passing touchdowns. And those are ways you could have big, big scores uh, from your quarterback between those two things. So it, it's a it's going to be something to monitor. You've got to keep staying on it, uh, sort of just like Andrew Luck and Carson Wentz and Deshaun Watson. Those are three guys you really need to keep your ear to the ground on, see where they're going to be at. But all three are well worth the risk. 
with a lot of upside at the quarterback position on a weekly basis and on, you know, the whole season basis. So uh, going back to Alshon Jeffrey, that's a little bit concerning to me. You know, uh, he did start, you know, getting out there, running a couple things on the sidelines now that he hasn't been doing before, uh, get a little bit more involved in the offense. Uh, I did knock him down, you know, three or four spots within a tier, but I don't think at this point it, he should be knocked down a full tier uh, until we hear more and maybe get an official proclamation. It Because that's something we will definitely know, uh, hopefully by the time drafts, you know, roll around. Well, I, I like it. So you mentioned Andrew Luck. Uh, Jalen Ramsey made uh, a lot of news uh, going around today. I believe that article was in G- GQ. Um, basically said every QB in the league's garbage except for Bortles, and um, who's obviously his quarterback. Andrew Luck, here's him on Andrew Luck. I don't really think he's that good. Him and T.Y. Helton had a connection in the past that made him stand out a little bit more, but I don't think he's good. I love it. Um, so he threw on Thursday, threw quite well. This is uh, probably one of the most um, intriguing little storylines for me, um, and I think for a lot of fantasy owners. I'm a huge Luck fan. Um, I've got him in Keeper League, uh, getting him last year kind of late, so I'm, I'm intrigued to maybe keep him with it. Um, and just in general, I think he's a great guy. He's had a good career so far. Number one overall pick, shipping uh, Manning to get him. It's a, it's a, there's a major storyline there. So the fact that he's throwing and that arm is, uh, is, 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 is functioning is big news. Uh, I know that you've been um, in best balls and MFL 10s this offseason. You've been kind of going all in on luck. Uh, so you must be excited for that because it's not going to be another uh, season off and uh, some shitting of the bed on some of those teams. Um, what are your thoughts? Uh, did you watch the game? Is there anything that you kind of – are taking away now is is it kind of deep deep uh, uh, breathe out a sigh of relief or we haven't kind of we're not out of the woods yet. I mean, I thought we were out of the woods all along, but nobody wanted to go ahead and jump on that boat. Uh, <laughs> I think he's just he, you know, he had his injury last year. It's all behind him now. They had a date that he was going to be back, and they didn't fucking want to talk to the media about it. Like, wow, big deal. He'll be there for training camp. That was all they got, right? He was there for training camp. So now that he's there for training camp, he's going to be there for week one. Shut the fuck up. Like, we just don't want to talk about it. Let's, you know, Andrew Luck is Andrew Luck. We know who he is. He's He's got so much upside, uh, you know, as a passer. You know, Jalen Ramsey did talk about that connection with uh, T.Y. Hilton, and that's something that's going to have to maintain as you know, one of their promising young rookies, Deion Kane, he's just suffered a torn ACL and is going to be out for the year. Um, so now the wide receiver depth chart uh, behind you know T.Y. Hilton doesn't have one of those upside youngsters who might just pop out of nowhere. Uh, they do have some veterans that can be useful death pieces, and they've got a lot of different weapons at the running back and tight end position, even though the running backs have you know, sort of put on lackluster performances so far. Uh, But it's just been everything you expect. You saw him throw the ball. There was no loss in velocity. There was nothing that was concerning uh, that he wasn't able to, you know, push the ball downfield. So wheels up, bandwagon, fucking the 
the bandwagon is off. Like, let's go. Let's drive. For sure. I'm pumped up to see it. Great Twitter or a funny Twitter uh, handle to follow for Andrew Luck. is um, at Captain, C-A-P-T, Andrew Luck. Uh, pretty funny stuff. It's him as being a, uh, a soldier from back in, like, the Civil War days. And he's all the, each tweet is him writing a letter to his mother. If you guys haven't checked that that out, um, I followed it a while ago, and it's every day. Somehow it ends up in my Twitter timeline, and uh, lo and behold, I always kind of stop to read it. And it's goofy, it's hilarious, and it's uh, it's kind of genius. So check that one out. Andrew Luck, good luck, my man. Good to see you back out there throwing. Um, yeah, bummer about Kane. He was, he was getting a lot of buzz um, happening for him in, in, in what how he was playing uh, out of Clemson, right? Uh, yeah, I think he's a Clemson guy. Um, and uh, then all of a sudden he gets injured, gone for the year. That's the trouble with this this training camps and these preseason games is uh, these injuries happen because it's a tough sport. All right, let's go to the next one. Uh, Rashad Penny, broken finger, out three to four weeks. What's your thought on that? Who you see rising to the top? Um, what kind of just – what are you thinking about the backfield for Seattle at this moment? Uh, Rashad Penny out three to four weeks. I mean, that's right up against the start of the season. Um, wrist or finger injury, whatever they want to call it. It's going to stop him uh, from getting a lot of practice snaps that he needs. The, uh, you know, those pass blocking snaps that they've talked so much about for a guy like Penny. It's something that he needs right now, and he's definitely not going to get it. And that's unfortunate. Um so unfortunately, he's got to be knocked down a bit. I think I knocked him down um, a tier uh, from tier five to tier six. I knocked him down from maybe you know running back seventeen down to running back uh, twenty two or twenty three. And, and along with that, you know the his counterpart who's been getting so much uh, pub as of late, Chris Carson. He's a guy who's going to be ascending. Uh, he's a guy who's getting pushed up further and further up a drafts. Uh, my whole thought on the situation, though, is I don't know if I want anything to do with the running back on that team. Like, we we might hear the Schottenheimer, we've got to run the ball when they know they're running it. But eventually, these guys, the line hasn't improved nearly at all. Uh, there's no noticeable change there to be, you know, had. So why am I going to invest on you know, in a line that had Russell Wilson as the leading rusher last year by like 300 yards. Uh, So there was just a lot of, you know, talk about Carson. He's just going to be some, like this backfield is what I'm going to avoid. But if Penny really starts to slip in drafts, uh, I might take a shot or two in the, you know, once it gets to that zero RB running back territory. Yeah, and I like I like Carson. You know, I think David T on the running back show um, a, a, a couple weeks ago with Pyromaniac Mo on the Pyro Podcast Light. You know, he said there's a reason why Chris Carson got uh, fell to the seventh round. All the talent was there at Oklahoma, um, not yeah Oklahoma State, um, but he just couldn't stay healthy. So you know, it's the same thing. But I will say this: I had him in uh, a rookie league last year. And um, drafted him, I think, with my last round. And when he was in there playing, he looked pretty good. He looked the pro part. Um, his body just can't take the hitting. So if, if, if you're not paying too high of a price for him, 
um, as a running back, you know, in this upcoming draft, penny or not, um, it, it comes as a value. Uh, I don't know, it's an ADP off the top of my head. I could quickly find it out. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm down with the Carson. And, I mean, I'm in game with the Carson as being a, a late flyer. And if, 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 if Rashad Penny can't figure out, that, figure out that pass protection and for his first year is kind of used more as a trick and gadget, third down and return guy, which we know can happen, um, and just the, the team kind of just sticks with the, uh, you know, at this point, uh, more of a vet, Chris Carson, then I, I'm down with that. Right now he's the 42nd uh, ADP for running backs, uh, 109th pick. Um, there's a lot of guys around there that I feel are in that same zone. He's going one after another guy that I know you and I really like, Aaron Jones for Green Bay. I mean, God, I think that 41 running back for Aaron Jones, that's probably the best ADP. I actually put him as a, a guy in our draft strategy piece. I'll, I'll promote that a little bit later. But it's like, look, that thing's just screaming off the page to me, Aaron Jones' is ADP right now. But we'll get there when we get there. Um, cool. I agree with you, though. That The, the Seahawks are... It's kind of a weird. There's so many unknowns there that uh, I, I'm not definitely not going to go too high on them and have too many, um, too much stock on that team just because uh, who knows what who knows where they go. Uh, next little beast, all eyes are on uh, Marquise Goodwin. Uh, obviously, he had a great season and a great uh, final stretch when Jimmy G got there. Everyone's talking about how he's their favorite target. Uh, what do you think about that? Do you think he's a uh, a star? Is he a guy that you're you're liking and wanting, or is this training camp talk? Do you think another one of the wide receivers, like a, a Garcon or someone else, is going to be the dude? What are your thoughts on uh, Marquise Goodwin? Re- currently, wide receiver thirty four, uh, ADP wise um, on Fantasy Pros. I mean, over the last five weeks of the season, Marquise Goodwin caught twenty nine of forty three targets uh, for three hundred eighty four yards and one touchdown. And we know that this is sort of a guy with long speed who had a great connection with Jimmy Garoppolo. We know that, uh, you know, Shanahan can scheme things open. And when you combine scheme with an elite trait like speed and, you know, short area quickness, I think I like it a lot, especially, you know, Garcon now getting up into his mid thirties, um, you know, coming off of, you know, what seems to be injury after injury for that guy, especially when he plays sort of a physical style of football. Um, I, I think Goodwin is a guy I've been heating up on a lot. Uh, he does seem to have a lot uh, of attention um, for people in the league. So, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to buy it. I think I have got him up now. Um as the 27th wide receiver in my ranks, uh, just behind Jarvis Landry and ahead of a guy we'll talk about a little bit later. Cool. Do you, uh, so right now you've got um, Garcon is sitting uh, three spots behind Goodwin. Garcon's 36 and Goodwin's 34. Um, both Garcon's still a top 100 pick at 94, you know, ADP based off mock drafting or whatnot on five, six different sites. Um, are you Garcon? Do you think he's a guy? Is he, you know, putting the Marquise buzz aside? Is Garcon a guy that you, um, could like if he stays healthy? I completely agree with you that he plays this really kind of uh, tough dog type A personality, chip on my shoulder type of 
game where he's trying to inflict pain and it kind of seems to catch up to him. But do you like a Garcon or are you staying away from him for all those reasons? I mean, it, it seems like he has a projectable role. Uh, you know, it seems like he's going to be, you know, a hundred plus target guy in that offense. Should he stay healthy? Uh, and we got to remember when he was healthy last season, he was, you know, clearly the number one on that team uh, to begin the season. Like uh, the targets were flowing his way. He had four different uh, 10 plus target games. And granted, none of those were started by Jimmy Garoppolo, but he was just so, so involved in the game plan early in the year, albeit he didn't have any touchdowns. The yards just tick, tick, ticked up. And in PPR, you know, I think he's got a little bit more value than he does in standard. Uh, he's never been a guy who's a big touchdown maker with just six being his career high. So, you know, I, I just don't think in that area he has to be drafted. I think I like a lot of the other guys more. Uh, you know, would I rather have a guy like Kenny Stills or, you know, even Jamison Crowder, um, Randall Cobb, Cooper Cup, a lot of those guys in his area, even Nelson Aguilar, I think I'd be more prone to drafting than Pierre Garcon. Cool. Um, before we get to the next one, uh, let's just take a quick moment and uh, have a word from uh, a couple of our sponsors. All right, thank you. Cool. Next bit of information, which I think is a big one. Uh, big Ben in concussion protocol bumped into um, his own offensive lineman who is getting kind of uh, pushed back around the edge in a practice. Um, he is in concussion pro- protocol. When you're this old, this big, and you kind of have this kind of tough playing style where you're you're willing to sit in the pocket and take hits, it's a little worrisome, mostly because the guy's done it all. I know he wants to get another chance at a ring, uh, but this is a guy that's uh, made as, as much money as any other player uh, in the league. And it, it's just, he's got a wife, he's got a family, um, and that's kind of a newer thing. He was, he was a late father. So um, just it, 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 one concussion away or too many of these hits, he's just going to be like, you know what, guys? I got nothing to prove. I'm sorry, Steeler Nation, but I got to worry about myself. Uh, you look at guys like Jim McMahon, you look at other, uh, you know, the guy, Len Dawson. Um, actually, no, it's Nick Bonaconti was his, his partner for uh, Inside the NFL. He's the one who's having trouble. But I just feel like Big Ben um, is in that realm now with, with where he's not going to mess around if he keeps on getting any concussions. So it's a little worrisome. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, I'm not that concerned about it. Let's remember what Big Ben's offseason has sort of consisted of. You know, this is the first time Big Ben really dedicated himself to being, you know, the quote-unquote best shape of his life, the best shape of his 30s, you know, whatever you want to call it. This is a guy who came in 15, 20 pounds lighter to camp, completely dedicated himself, you know, to a program, to getting a trainer, to getting a chef, to really busting his ass this off season uh, to be ready. So 
I'm, I'm not really worried that now he's going to find the time that, hey, this is about enough when he just busted his ass for so long to take it to the next level. Um, I think he's you know going to be fine right up there uh, at the start of the season, but it, it's perfect for uh, you know the guy potentially backing him up, whether that's Mason Rudolph or Joshua Dobbs. These guys are going to get a lot more snaps, and they're going to get a lot more snaps throwing to Juju Smith-Schuster and Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell in all the ones for this team. And that's going to be big for their confidence because we don't need to see Ben with those guys to know what big Ben is at this point. But we know that Ben's probably going to miss a game or two during the season. I want to see what, you know, Dobbs or uh, Rudolph can do when they have this great supporting cast around them. Uh, Maybe it's a look into the future. Yep, right on. Like it. Uh, all right. Basically, I liked uh, Pat Dorman's tweet today. It was was the Jacksonville Jaguars wide receiver receiver depth chart is as clear as mud. <laughs> Every day I wake up and I read um, a little bit of uh, um, another wide receiver on that team is the next uh, the next best thing uh, of all time. D.D. Westbrook has gotten buzz. On and off again, um, all off season. Now you got CJ Chark uh, was today's news, saying he's looking better than anybody else. Corey Grant, um, you know, Keenan Cole, Marquise Lee. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Is this just going to be like a committee? Um, is everyone just getting uh, kind of smoke blown up their ass just because they want buzz? Um, what are your thoughts on? Uh, the Jags with Bortles supporting that is, you know, although he had a good season last year, um, are you scared of these guys or could you see yourself putting some shares in redraft or even uh, dynasty type leagues um, and, and putting some, some, some credence into the buzz that's going on with all these young players? Well, to answer your question, all five of these motherfuckers are having a thousand yards. Like it's just, <laughs> what's going to happen. That's the only way that this hype can be warranted for everybody, right? Um, uh, Leonard Fournette's going to rush for 2,000. Blake Bortles is going to throw for about 7,000. This could be crazy. But, you know, being more realistic, uh, I think it's going to be a lot of complimentary receivers. Uh, That's why I'm not willing to go out and spend a super premium pick on a guy like Marquise Lee, even though he looks like, you know, the number one on this team. I think that, you know, a lot of these guys are going to rotate in and out and they're going to, you know, play matchups when they need speed on the field. Guys like Keelan Cole and D.D. Westbrook and D.J. Shark are going to be out there Uh, when they need more of that finesse and they need to convert. You're going to see Lee and Westbrook on the field and, you know, some ASJ. I think they're going to mix and match a ton with these receivers. We're going to see who he really clicks with during the, you know, the regular season. And that's just who it's going to be. So I, I'm going to take a shot or two, maybe, you know, I'm not going to spend anything more than a double digit round pick on any of these receivers. Cause any of them could be the guy who clicks. And I might want to be the guy who, uh, you know, early in the, early in the season, you know, drops one for the other. Once he sees how the, the roles are going. So I, I'm not spending, you know, any premium capital because it is way too murky 
uh, of a situation for me. Devontae Parker, broken finger week to week. Um, you know, they were, there was news and buzz that they were shopping him anyways. I don't understand why they, they exercised his fifth round, uh, fifth year last year. It seemed like they were wishful thinking there. Uh, what's your thoughts in general? Devontae Parker, I just, I'm, I'm staying away altogether. Just doesn't seem like he's going to get it done. But what are your thoughts on the wide receivers uh, for the Dolphins? Or, you know, Mike Gusecki, uh with the buzz that he's getting. Um, are you, can you see yourself getting involved with some Dolphins uh, receivers? Or is there anything that you like? Just kind of, people don't talk about the Dolphins a lot. You, you kind of, I, I like Drake. I like what I saw in, um, in uh, what, Ken Barnage or whatever from ASU. Uh, in, in the flash that I saw preseason of him, he looked like a beast out there, almost Bo Jackson-esque. Right, what are your thoughts on the Dolphins? Could they be like that surprise team um, for fantasy football? Uh, maybe like Jacksonville was a little bit last year, or is it just going to be another shit stick? Shit stick. Shit stick. I mean, they play slow. I mean, I like some of their players individually, but when we're talking about them being a surprise offense – or an offense you want to have a ton invested in, uh, you know, I'm starting to doubt it. Can, can Gasecki, you know, have an Evan Ingram-like impact uh, because they really have no one else to throw to? Yeah, that's definitely possible. But, you know, they paid Albert Wilson. They paid Amendola. Um, you know, so maybe it's Amendola in the slot to start the season uh, with Albert Wilson outside, and then we see if Albert Wilson starts making an impact, that's going to be a guy who might usurp uh, Parker. You know, and don't lose your job while you're hurt. But uh, they're saying he was already in danger of losing his job, so that's the part uh, to be concerned about. Uh, I think Kenny Stills is a value, but you know, other guys there you know i've been getting wilson late uh besides that i'm really not drafting too many dolphins it's just not a team i want to be a part of because of the pace got it love it uh darius guys out for the season first uh he had a great run and then uh tweaked his knee um, ACL or MCL, one of those two, done for the year. That's sad. I was ready to be pumped up for him. I like that guy. I don't care what anybody says. Um, just kind of a bummer. I think that that's uh, a big, it's a big knock and a big hit on the, the Redskins. Um, I personally think that this just improves um, Alex Smith even more. It's just kind of like now they're going to have to rely on him a bit more, and he's going to have to be more of a gunslinger. Um, than he's than he than he's been in the past. I know that's kind of where he lived mostly last year, and he he showed signs of it two years ago. But that's when he said his best. I know he's a little scared and timid to really kind of um, let it go and, and just kind of uh, let let the ball go out there. But um, when he does, it's it, it, prosperous and really beneficial for fantasy owners. So hopefully, uh, the good news that comes out of that is. Is, is, for, is for the um, receiving attack and the air game for him. Anything you think, who do you think could be, who does this benefit in the running back situation is now, uh, what, what do you think happens there with the, him going down? I mean, I think Samaje P. Ryan's going to get first crack at the first and second down duties. You know, Chris Thompson's still going to have his role where it's change of pace, 
you know, six or seven targets out of the backfield on a weekly basis. So I think that just solidifies him a little more. Uh, and now he's rock solid uh, as in, you know, a, a flex, you know, back end RB2 rather than maybe some questions that guys could just come in and take that over, uh, you know, a little bit more as a receiver than most people were expecting because that was always an option. Uh, now, I think they lose, you know, the consistency might be similar to what they had with guys that might be able to, you know, uh, convert short yardage at the same rate, have, you know, the same first and second down success rushing. But, you know, those explosive plays, I think that's something that's, you know, to be lacking. Uh, I don't see how that's going to come with Samaj P. Ryan and Rob Kelly. And, you know, I think if we're going to play a game of would you rather, is it, for, is it Samaj P. Ryan or is it Rob Kelly for you in terms of, you know, the big back? I mean, P. Ryan, uh, but just another guy, Kelly, is, you got to, you got to think, He's 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 done it he's done it before we've seen flashes of him but again he's just uh he's just a serviceable guy. All right, uh, Cam Cam Meredith back at practice. Uh, you like him this year? Or are you worried about him? Uh, anything to talk about there? Just got to keep an eye on him. Yeah, Cam Meredith. Uh, I do like his upside. I mean, the Saints look like a totally different team than they had in years past uh, last year. But I think one of those reasons was because they didn't have a serviceable, you know, stud wide receiver two uh, or tight end like they had in the past. Uh, So it was all Michael Thomas and it was all the running backs. Now I think they're a little bit of a deeper team and we know Drew Brees can still carve people up. We saw him, you know, set the completion record last year. Uh, I think Drew Brees is going to be back in action ready to roll and I'm not worried about it at all. Uh, Cam Meredith's an interesting three, uh, you know, as a wide receiver four flex type play on your teams, but you know, he's one of those guys with a lot of hype that I think people are over drafting for my liking. Uh, I, I think I'd rather take the guys with some of those clear roles. Kenny Galladay or Cameron Meredith. Calladay's wide receiver 53. Jesus. Uh, and Cameron Meredith's 54. Uh, Meredith. I, I'm high on Galladay. Uh, I am. Anthony Miller or Meredith? Um, Meredith. Chris Goodwin? Godwin or Meredith? Uh... Meredith. Nice. I like this. Last one. Alan Hearns or Meredith? I mean, Alan Hearns is playing with the second fucking team, and there's nobody who can catch passes on that team. So, Cam Meredith. <laughs> I like it. All right, let's go on to the next one. Tyler Eifert. Uh, news from him. Coaches saying he's going to be able to play. Don't worry about that. But no way I'm ever going to have that guy playing more than 50 snaps in a game. Good thing or bad thing? 50 snaps for a tight end. Wait, okay. Let me start off by saying this. Last year, the Bengals ran 56 snaps a game. 
So he's going to miss six fucking snaps? <laughs> Do I give a fuck about six snaps? <laughs> That's yeah. so perfect. That's so perfect. That's so Hugh right there. Oh my God. I, I wish mean, you. I wish you were in the audience at that. Like, hey, Hugh, do you know how many snaps you guys ran a game last year? Um, I have no Mar- idea. Marvin Lewis. What? It was fifty-six. Marvin. Marvin Lewis. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Marvin. I mean, sorry, not you. My bad, Marvin. I mean, it might have been fifty-eight, but still, you get the point. So he's not going to be on the field for eight to ten snaps a game. Uh, like fifty is such an awkward number. I really only care if he's out there for most of the passing plays anyways. I don't care if Tyler Eifert's out there for the 10 or 15 plays you're going to try and run Joe Mixon into the back of the lineman. I don't, like, you're just telling me some arbitrary bullshit that doesn't matter. Like, this should not move the needle for you at all on your Tyler Eifert feelings for this next season. I love it. All right, fair enough. Um... Jared McKinnon, out with a strained knee. Uh, Jerry McNichols is running with the first team. Um, is he a sleeper? Do you like him? Are you not worried about McKinnon? Does this drop your love for McKinnon? Does this raise your Matt Breida, uh, Tevin Coleman role love? What's your thought? You know, we talked a little bit about the 49ers earlier with um, Marquise. So we don't need to go too deep into it. But anything, uh, the tea leaves you're reading, what are you getting out of it? I mean, Brita is another guy who's going to be out until, you know, week one. Uh, I think he had a separated shoulder. Uh, you know, McKinnon has a you know muscle uh, sprain in his leg. So a knee sprain or a hamstring sprain. Uh, I don't think it's the hamstring, though. So, uh, I think it's a strained knee. Strains, you know, just a little tweak. Yeah. But you weren't high on him anyways. You were a little worried about the, the, the load. Am I wrong? No, I was high. You were high? I'm always high. I'm always high. <laughs> I want but, to uh, get high so high. I mean, I, I was not worried about Jarek. I thought he was going to have a much bigger load than people were expecting. Um, you know, especially in the rushing game. But it doesn't look like that's, you know, clear right now. Um, I do expect them to be back by week one, but now they've added Alfred Morris. I think Alfred Morris, you know, could carve out a little handy role for himself in sort of a Latavius Murray fashion. Maybe he's the big back, uh, and Jarek McKinnon plays the position that he's been sort of playing for the last couple of years, the scat back, um, you know, uh, change of pace mover, that he's been so it's sort of there's just so many injuries and it's getting murkier and murkier in that situation that I'm probably going to end up uh, pulling away on Jarek a little bit Uh, a lot of competition health um, starting to get a little bit scary yeah that's right Alfred Morris they just signed him yesterday Um, forgot to mention that so great point a uh, guy that I think is uh, underrated, undervalued, and now, um, you know, he's a good running back. He's, he kind of stays healthy, and that's definitely throws a, another uh, kind of bow guard into the situation. Uh, lastly, on the training camp news, and then if you want to throw anything out that you think uh, wasn't covered that's uh, worthy of, of talking about from a fantasy perspective, great. This is just kind of a funny story that I read about um, a couple of uh, – 
Broncos fans have started a GoFundMe page in order to cover or uh, to make some money and um, in donations to cover costs so the Broncos can cut Paxton Lynch. Um, I was dying when I read that. People are funding and, and, and donating money to this GoFundMe so that the Broncos can cut Pax and Lynch and they'll pay for any of uh, any of the costs that they would lose on that friggin' hilarious. Anything else? Um, anything are they else? calling themselves? Are they calling themselves the Lynch Mob? Well, yeah, that that was the thing. The Pax and Lynch Mob, for sure. It's definitely uh, they're coming <laughs> after them. They they think that they've been wronged, and they're uh, they're gonna they're gonna make sure they're gonna make sure that first round bust of a pick um, gets gets his. I suppose you're right. Um, any other training camp news that you and Earmarked or wanted to talk about that just kind of popped in your head as we've been talking here? If not, um, I think it'd be a good time for us to do uh, a little bit of um, a a little maybe do an ad and or and I'll do a pyro promo and we can kind of segue into our second segment, which is going to be you know kind of that who you take in between these guys or those guys, this guy or that guy, uh, and this is kind of really the gut check uh, element of the show. No, I don't think there's anything clear. I mean. I think a guy who's really elevated his stock is David Njoku. Mm-hmm. You know, he's looked great over the last couple of weeks, and Hard Knocks has been, you know, good for him. Especially with the, uh, you know, Josh Gordon staying away, and the longer he stays away, the more uh, we're gonna have to, you know, start really in thinking it's, Njoku it's, could be a tight end one. Yeah. You got it. The longer he's away, you got the more you got to consider the worse, and it's a bummer. I, I'm 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 just hoping uh, Josh Gordon everything works out and everything's under control, and he's just kind of self medicating, and it's not, nothing negative's happening there. He's just staying. Maybe he just wanted to be away from the whole uh, you know hard knocks. I don't know. Uh, thinking the best, but Josh Gordon still right now ADP is 22nd overall wide receiver. Um, so people are having a lot of. Uh, a lot of hope for Mr. Flash Gordon to be back to his uh, 2014 self. Um, awesome. Well, I'll do a little pyro promo right now. Version three of the pyro draft kit comes out either maybe late Friday, uh, more likely Saturday day. Um, Stags, let's not do it too late because I got to go to Pearl Jam. Um, so hopefully we can uh, we'll get you guys these tiers and these depth chart and other elements. Um, but I'm going to play some uh, pregame beer pong before Pearl Jam at, at Wrigley Field at about 3.30 or 4. Um, so that version comes out on Saturday. That'll be great for you guys that are drafting um, on uh, Saturday and this weekend. If you aren't dra- if you're drafting on Friday or have a draft even tomorrow night, um, just pick up version 2. It's still a dope weapon of mass destruction. You'll automatically get version um, three sent to you. Most people that listen to our show religiously have more than one league. Uh, so definitely a good time. That draft kit's a, a beast. Um, again, hats off to you, Stag Party. Great job on that thing. Um, I'm excited for I'm excited to use it myself. Uh, I've been reading through it and kind of digesting stuff and using it as a, as a uh, major cog in the wheel of me and, and my... Uh, my efforts to craft the greatest tiers I can. So uh, buy that draft kit, it's $20. There will be the version that we send out on um, Saturday, and then there will be one more version of it 
before at the first uh, few days of September. Uh, good times all around. There's a lot of draft kits out there. We know but this is a draft kit that you can use in season, the strength of schedule, and a lot of other tabs are just they're just badass. It's got 23 tabs. Um, I would say this: we've been doing a draft kit uh, for a very long time here at Pyro. We know a lot of sites now do a draft kit on a yearly basis, but a lot of uh, the intel and some of the decisions and things that they they use are uh, we're inspired by the Pyro because we are a pioneer in uh, not just the podcasting but also in many other of the facets of fantasy football and draft kit is definitely one of them. So pick that up. Uh, do us a favor. Help us keep the lights on and uh, listen to this ad from our sponsors. And then we'll get back and we'll get into segment two. Uh, so do us a favor and listen to this. All right, sweet. Uh, thanks for that. Segment two, basically Stag Party and myself are going to kind of throw out some guys, um, you know, I think we'll make it a little bit more like me throwing it out to you. I'll, 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 you know, I'll put my points in as well. But at the end of the day, um, I think most of the people want to hear your knowledge here, Stag Party. I'll give some heart and soul and uh, back up some some stats and whatnot on some of these thoughts. But um, we'll just kind of throw some players out and see which side uh, you fall on. And I think again, this is a good little way to do going back to tiers. When you're really kind of detailing out great tiers, you really will. And uh, whether they're in the same tier, uh, whether it's a tier jump or not, but really pitting uh, one guy against another guy at the same position that are really close and really thinking through, hey, I'm on the clock right now and I have to choose a wide receiver and these two or three guys are there, who am I really going to take? And I think that's the reason why, why you know, mocking can be a little bit uh, useless and, and not really de- uh, to the point for your league or whatnot some points. But I also think mocking does help you uh, gut check guys afterwards and be like, ah, you know what, I really wish I would have had that guy so you can adjust your tiers accordingly. Uh, it kind of gives you regret without the, um, the you know, paying the price for it because it doesn't really mean much. So who are you taking between these guys? We're going to start out here. This is going to be kind of after you've gone out of your first two picks. Um, you've got an A and a B, and here they are, stag party. You're, you're two picks into your draft, and you're sitting here, and it's it's a few picks before your third round, and you're evaluating your team. Which team would you rather have? Antonio Brown as your first-round pick, coupled with Devonta Freeman, or would you rather have taking Saquon Barkley in the first round and taking your second pick as A.J. Green. So this feels like the five, six, maybe seven slot in a draft. Uh, To me, I think I'm going to go with Antonio Brown, take that edge at wide receiver, uh, wrap it back with Devonta Freeman. Um, I, I think I like that side a little bit better. Um, you know, I think, you know, clearly Brown has an edge over AJ Green and I, I think Freeman could provide enough production to where you're not missing out on Saquon Barkley, uh, too much. So I think those two guys combined have an edge, but usually in the first two rounds, depending on where my slot is, I'm trying to hammer two running backs and then I'm really, uh, coming back and loading up on, 
you know, a Diggs or a Thielen in the third or a T.Y. Hilton and getting one of those guys uh, to be my wide receiver one um, after I have two, you know, locked and loaded running backs uh, to start my roster. But that's just me. And we'll go into that because I agree with you. And, and we've talked about this uh, in kind of our pre-show a little bit. Um, we'll kind of let's get let's get back to that as a concept that we'll wrap our head around a little bit in the segment four with draft strategies. But I I completely agree, and I'm I'm going to say this. I think so. Quan Barkley he scares me a little bit. Well, I know he's got the talent, and I I just don't. And, I, and you know you see that great run on his first or second whatever number play in the preseason the other day, and it, it seems like he's just going to. I'm not worried about Gallman or any other player eating into his touches. I, I think Barkley's going to be a great player. Um, I'm, I'm psyched for Giants fans that they got him. I think it was it was an, it's an exciting pick. Uh, I know you've got some thoughts on that that you've been expressing over uh, Twitter over the past couple days, and I would like to hear them. Um, but AJ Green, I think he's going to have a bounce back year. But AJ Green is a guy that's very frustrating to own. And it's just this blase kind of, you just don't know. I know he loves the game, and I know he's out there working, but it's just it, it, the eye test with A.J. Green is very difficult. There's, there's drives where you can, you can kind of focus in and, and, and show a drive of A.J. Green over the course of every year since he's been in the NFL, and you could put that individual drive where he's getting literally six targets, he's got five catches, and he ends that drive on a, you know, a 16 yard out right at the um, at the co- at the corner and he looks like the best receiver Jerry Rice best receiver since Jerry Rice uh, but there's so many moments in between that are just shockingly frustrating um, while I love that AJ Green is going to come at a value and hopefully in, in many ways he could be a guy that that slips a little bit even to into that um, you know Right now, he's pretty much more of a late second rounder uh, as opposed to an early second rounder. But maybe, hopefully, because of this new concept and this approach, people really doubling down on the running backs. Maybe he becomes a third rounder. Uh, I don't know. But I'm with you. The Antonio Brown and Devonta Freeman, I love the Freeman pick. I think he's going to have a good season. He's a, he's a badass guy. Um, and obviously, Antonio Brown's you know the best receiver in the game. So... Uh, Saquon Barkley, excited to see him for fantasy. I will have no shares of him whatsoever. There are other guys. I know that Barkley is essentially at this point the fifth uh, highest running back ranked uh, behind the top guys, Gurley, Bell, Elliott, and David Johnson. Um, but just Barkley, I just for a rookie, the potential of hitting that wall, uh, just, just playing with the big boys, I got to see it before I'm willing to take that guy over some proven commodities, even though I want to stay at the running back position, I would, I would definitely take a hunt. I would probably take a, um, a, a, even a Gordon over a Barkley at this point. Um, so if I have the fifth pick and those other four are gone, even though I want running backs, I probably am going to go sway over and do that Antonio Brown. So I'm with you on that pick. What was your thought? I know that it's just kind of with injuries and some of the thoughts and, uh, NFL teams at an NFL level spending so much, um, such a high pick on a running back in, in these volatile positions that you can get hurt at. Uh, tell me your thoughts on that and just Saquon Barkley and where he's going currently uh, ADP-wise right now. I mean, I, I think it's two different things. Like, 
Totally. You know, the, the value in fantasy is completely irrelevant of the real life football applications. Drafting Saquon Barkley with a you know nearly what 36, 37 year old quarterback at the number two overall draft slot where he's the you know second highest played player at the position. Um you know, it just doesn't present a lot of value, especially when these are the guys who, are on a seasonal basis, we always talk about them having the greatest injury risk. So if it's a guy who's likely to get injured, um, that that scares me. Like, why am I going to invest such, you know, you know, a great asset in a, a guy who could get injured and who the money there is crazy compared to other players at the position when I can do it a little differently. Um, and you know, you, you've seen the guys, uh, that they've passed on and you've seen how, you know, they've sort of performed so far this preseason and everybody's, you know, goo goo gaga for guys like Darnold, uh, you know, impressed with Rosen, you know, Baker Mayfield's everybody's loving. They didn't have a shot at him. Uh, but, you know, everybody's out there, you know, looking good at the quarterback position. So um, that's always going to look back to me as something that's a mistake, especially you're expecting Saquon Barkley to make an instant impact on this offense and really help, you know, Eli Manning. But now Saquon Barkley is a guy, uh, you know, who left practice yesterday with a hamstring injury. Um so the overall effects there are a little bit scary. Um, but, you know, for fantasy purposes, you know, once he gets back and gets healthy, I think this guy's going to shoulder a giant workload. I don't expect it to be much longer than week one. Um, I, I expect him to be back out there, you know, with more time in the preseason. So we'll get to see him healthy. Um, like his fantasy value is ridiculous even though his team's decision to draft him was also ridiculous. <laughs> Love it. Dave T said he was the best pass blocking running back out of college ever that he's ever seen. So I, I thought when I was listening to that pirate light, I was like, all right, that makes a little sense. So I, I'm with you. Let's just, let's just do while we're doing this kind of taking between these guys in the guys of what I was just talking about. Um, you're on the clock. It's the fifth pick. Or maybe let's say it's the sixth pick, and the guy and, and Antonio Brown was taken with the fifth, and those four top running backs were gone. Um, who are you taking? You want? You said you wanted that running back situation. Are you taking a Saquon Barkley? You taking an Alvin Kamara? Are you going with a Leonard Fournette or a Hunt or a Gordon or a Dalvin Cook? Um, are those other guys, the later dudes that I just mentioned, in the discussion? Or are you all in on Barkley? Uh, I mean, I think Kamara's definitely in the discussion. Um, other than that, I think, you know, Kamara's definitely there, but I think, you know, Barkley's locked in as the fifth or sixth, you know, pick and drafts. So, you know, his ability as a receiver, you know, is damn good pass catcher. It's, it's, it's all there. He's the complete package. Uh, there's nothing more you could really want from a guy. Um, He's young. He's got fresh legs. Uh, you know, we saw Ezekiel Elliott go at the first or second turn, uh, and we saw how he, you know, changed the team his rookie year. So let's see if, 
you know, Barkley can be that next guy. Cool. I agree. Well, as far as uh, offensive lines go out there, are you know, I, I, I've listened to Pyromaniac Light and Mo's show with John Tuvey. Uh, last week, he had him on, who's an offensive line kind of guru expert. Um, are the are the Giants a shitbag offensive line? Are they getting better? Are they okay? What, what are your thoughts on them as a, as a, as a unit? Yeah, I think they're a little bit improved, but they're not all the way where they need to be just yet. Um, I mean, I think they're a little bit improved to the tackle position. We know that. Uh, but they still need a little bit more work uh, to make things happen, man. I mean, they, they need some of these pieces that they've invested money and or draft picks in to really show up. But they've added some nice pieces to give them – you know, a hopefully much improved offensive line this year. Cool. Love it. Let's move on to, that was kind of in that we, we've done one, but we've also kind of did two because we did that um, mid-round, first-round running back comparison. So next batch of guys for you here. Um, right now, if you're in a 12-man league, based on current ADP and buzz and just paying attention, uh, right now you've got uh, wide receiver Michael Thomas, on the available for you and you're going for a wide receiver but also the guy that's trying to become a darling for fantasy experts around the league um keenan allen is also available and then after you answer that question i'm going to layer it on between those two a couple of, you've got a couple other options we'll, we'll kind of do a, a, a phase b of, of this so you've got michael thomas or keenan allen um who do you like out of those two for 2018? Um, I know you like them both, but who are you taking? This is tough, man. Uh, we've seen a, a sort of a tale of two Thomases in the touchdown department. <laughs> uh, that's been the biggest differentiator from one season to another for Michael Thomas. Uh, he finished as the, what, basically number um, – number you know seven overall uh wide receiver this year uh after finishing you know a little bit better than that or a little bit worse than that as the ninth overall receiver but in just uh you know 15 games missing a game so the yardage improved last year you know his number of receptions improved last year but the touchdowns fell and keenan allen was majorly majorly involved in the red zone last year and when you look at you know him without hunter henry on the team uh is there room for him to take another step forward i sort of see that being tough but i think it's got to be michael thomas you know he's got that you know the body to be a nine or a ten uh, touchdown guy. Not saying that Keenan Allen at six foot three, two hundred and ten, two hundred and fifteen pounds doesn't have a body like that. But uh, we've seen Michael Thomas get to that level a little bit more. I mean, if you want, like, if you flip the coin here and whatever it came out to be, I probably couldn't argue with you. Both of these guys are uh, elite when healthy. It's just that. Uh, you know, Thomas has a little bit more of a cleaner resume in that department. What are your thoughts as far as that? I think that's well said. I, they're both prolific offenses. I think both 
as strange as this is with the, the Chargers um, kind of resurgence in D and their uh, great offensive line play, just well-rounded team. They're actually in the discussion to be, while not one of the top uh, NFL player ranking kind of guys or power ranking, there's a buzz that they have a shot if everything goes right um, to, to be a Super Bowl contender um, as well as obviously New Orleans, who I think, you know, obviously if, they, they they could have been in the Super Bowl last year and and, and beaten the Eagles had they, uh, the 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 Minnesota miracle or Minneapolis miracle whatever the hell that skull thing that Diggs did last year um, hadn't happened on that last uh, that last drive so they're both on good teams they here's my question you got Cameron Meredith coming in. Um, Obviously, you, you got um, Kamara, who's doing some great things. Uh, the, the talent around Thomas versus the talent around Allen. I like. I think Allen's got more mouths to feed with Gordon. Uh, you know, they took the seventh pick or whatnot last year. Mike Williams, who was out with a broken back all year, uh, you got to think he's going to come back and, and get a lot of opportunities this year. Uh, I still think that's a shitty bit, shitty pick. But um, you know, obviously, we all like Ty Williams. Um, but then at the same time with Keenan Allen, you got Hunter Henry's went down for the year and there's, they really haven't replaced him yet. Um, is, is your Michael Thomas love just because of the clean resume and he hasn't been hurt? Or do you also kind of, are you a little more worried, less worried about the mouths to feed from Breeze? I mean, I think they're about equal, man. Uh, you know, I mean, I think they both have dominant pass catchers out of the backfield. You know, you know, two different guys who can get the job done there. Uh, they both have major question marks at the tight end uh, position. Hell, they, mo- they might both have guys who are like 35 years old, can't really run anymore playing, and if Antonio Gates ever decides to, you know, sign back with them. Uh, so that that's a wash. You know, Tyrell Williams, Cameron Meredith, I could see some similarities there, even – despite, you know, Meredith being more of a possession-type receiver than Tyrell's vertical, you know, stretch threat. I see a lot of similarities. The question is, I mean, it's tough. Is there there a real noticeable difference? It's really going to come down to which team's going to throw the ball more. And while I think, uh, well, I think, you know, New Orleans going to have a rebound in that area. I'm just not sure it's enough to catch Philip Rivers. So maybe I'm flip floppity flip flopping. Now here's the question. Okay, I like that because it is so fucking close. And then I, I even look at the next three guys after that, and we'll just kind of lay it on. This is uh, phase two of this question. All right, we've got Michael Thomas or Keenan Allen or any of the three uh, three next wide receivers I'm going to list that are seven, eight, and nine at the position right behind those two. Uh, ADP wise, are you more interested in any of these guys over them? Devonte Adams, uh, ADP of wide receiver seven. Uh, AJ Green, wide receiver eight, or Mike Evans. God, he's kind of fallen a bit. Um, who's wide receiver nine? Are the, either of those three guys exciting you and making you pounce um, on them over a Thomas and Allen, or is have they have Thomas and um, Keenan Allen distinguished themselves to a point that? They're kind of in a tier in your favor, a little bit above the other, the last three guys I mentioned. 
Yeah, I think the Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas is getting close to being another full tier above the rest of these guys. While they do have, you know, sort of a lot going for them um, in terms of touchdown and reception ability, I, I do think that Thomas and Allen are, you know, a little bit ahead now. So that's that's my look at it, man. I, I think they're starting to distinguish themselves uh, as that next crop. Well, like it. All right, next question. You've got end of the second round, maybe in a smaller league or something crazy happens and think end of the second round, third round, or uh, somewhere in the third round, um, you're on the clock and you've got to pick between Jarek McKinnon or our own Chicago Bears, Jordan Howard. How are things shaking out with that decision if you're on the clock? Scoring system, like, uh, it's really going to depend on what scoring system you consider here. Um, because, you know, if it's standard, especially with Jarek McKinnon's, you know, recent injury, I think it's clearly Howard. Now, if it's PPR, that's where it gets a little bit closer. I still think I'm going to... You know, after this injury and the new signings and things along those lines, I'm going to, you know, favor a lot more um, of the, you know, Jordan Howard side here. But it is a little bit closer than I, you know, expected. With Howard, what, are you, what you know, you got a new modern um, day offense finally after we got rid of Fox with Nagy running the show. You got a second year. Um, hope, you know, what help everyone in Chicago and a lot of people around the industry feel is going to be a, a nice second year leap for Trubisky. What are your expectations for, for Howard? Like, I know you do your projections. That's an awesome tab for all 32 teams and all fantasy relevant players in our draft kit. Um, you know, if, if, what are your projections for Jordan Howard? Uh, right now and then while you're at it if you don't mind I'm kind of giving you some time to open up this tab if you can't tell um, if you want what are your projections for Jarek McKinnon if they've changed uh, since the injury or whatnot and added of Morris and all that good stuff but what are your expectations for Howard is Tariq Cohen gonna um, kind of get more and more happening this year or it's it seems like after a great rookie campaign for Tariq He's kind of the least buzz-worthy player um, in this offense at this given moment, where he, he, which is surprising a little bit because he was electric and he he looked pretty um, exciting as a rookie. But what do you think? Where for both these guys projecting them? Where, where, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think Jordan Howard is the much more likely player to get 250 carries uh, for over a thousand yards. Um, you know. Uh, Howard, you know, much more effective out of the shotgun so far in brief uh, samples. I think that's something that's going to continue. I think uh, Matt Nagy is going to use him in a lot of different sets and a lot of different spots, and we're going to see a lot different. Uh, the only thing is, while McKinnon might not have the rushing, you know, component figured out, uh, they could end up similarly in total touchdowns because of McKinnon's work in the pass game where he could project to be, you know, over a 50 reception type of player. Um, and, and that's just something that's going to increase his value. Um, so I think it completely depends on the scoring system. Uh, there is some tweaks that are going to need to be made uh, there. 
But right now, Howard and Standard and McKinnon and PPR, but I think McKinnon's going to come back a little bit to earth uh, with this latest bang up and you know, recent signings. Cool. Love it. All right. Next, uh, little, next little chatter here. Are you going with the new guard and the young blood with a Juju Smith-Schuster uh, when you're on the clock and you need a wide receiver at this point? Or are you going with uh, the future Hall of Famer, a guy that probably I think this year, if he keeps doing what he's doing, is going to essentially move into second place for almost every stat um, behind, uh, up above Moss and, and, and Terrell Owens and P. Uh, the second guy behind Jerry Rice, Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, where are you going with that kind of um, that kind of opportunity? You going you going Young Blood, uh, that awesome hockey movie with Rob Lowe um, from back in the eighties, or are you going New Guard? Um, don't have a don't have a, New. Are you going New Jack City? Uh, I think this is a pretty clear uh, old guard. Larry, Larry, uh, screaming that from the rooftop every time I get on the, I think, you know, Juju's one of the more, you know, overhyped and overvalued wide receivers, uh, based off just a few, you know, big plays that he's made. And then there's also been, you know, a few big plays that he's made recently. He's he's fueled everyone's fantasy. There's no question about that. Um, so, you know, that doesn't help the, the hype train. I think he's going to be a guy who, uh, you know, as being drafted as a high end wide receiver too, is just, it's too rich for my blood, man. Like they've got to feed Le'Veon. They've got to feed Antonio Brown. How is there a big enough piece of the pie, uh, when he can't be as crazy on a yard per target basis? Because it's just not something that's you know consistent year over year. Yeah, his targets are when you look at him, his stats from last year. Um, you just can't believe what that guy was able to do. I mean, he had seventy nine targets. Uh, you got to think with uh, the alien um, being gone. You know, he probably he'll get over a hundred this year. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. He's kind of that explosion player. Maybe better for best ball. But at the same time, it's, we might be saying in, in two months, this guy's just really fucking good. And it seems like he gets those free plays and the benefit of the doubt and has some kind of quote-unquote luck to him. Um, but, yeah, Juju, I'm with you. I'm going Larry on that one. I'm taking the, the tried and true. Uh, dude, I, th- I like the quarterback situation a hell of a lot more this year um, than I did last year with Carson Palmer. You know, even if Bradford goes down, and if it becomes Josh Rosen at some point at the during the season, which you know, let's be honest, you got to kind of bank on that with Bradford's track record. Rosen's no idiot. He's going to be sitting back there, and he's going to be peppering uh, Larry Fitzgerald with targets, and that's just what happens. He's a big body. He gets himself open. He knows how to use his body. He's a precise route runner. Um, over the course of his career, people have done a good job of moving him around and, and getting him good looks. So Larry Fitzgerald, I, I, he hasn't really slowed down. This The fact that he was the 10th wide receiver last year on 161 targets. 
led the league in receptions. No, sorry, Jarvis Landry did. Uh, but he had 109, only three less than, than the, the leader. You know, he had 13 more targets, I mean receptions, I meant receptions, uh, than, than Hopkins. Had eight more than Brown. Uh, he's just a machine. And it just, it, his game is not a speed game. It wasn't even when they were in the Super Bowl years ago. Uh, but when you're, when you're in pads, uh, he's just got that scared speed. And uh, I, I, I can see him getting it done for a couple more years. So I'm all in on the, the Larry Fitzgerald just because Juju hype is ADP has just got him pushed up so high. Right now, the ADP, uh, Juju Schuster is uh, wide receiver 16 and Larry Fitzgerald wide receiver 17. Give me Larry all day um, with those, that, that situation. All right, let's move to another little of this or that. Yang or Yang, Matt Ryan or Jared Goff. You're in the you're in for a quarterback. It's your time. You've waited a little while. This is going to be your QB one, so it's an important pick. You you need to take a Matt Ryan coming off kind of a down year, not kind of, but a down year. Where I think two years ago he was. Wasn't he the league MVP? Um, Jared Goff coming off, uh, obviously, only in the second year, but a, a, a huge resurgence with uh, that whole new situation and uh, all that talent that he's got. Who are you taking? I mean, I think this is pretty clearly Matt Ryan. Uh, when Draylon Ramsey comes out and he dogs you and says he thinks you're trash, you're going to put out a great season. That's just how things go in this world, right? Like, <laughs> Did he say that Matt Ryan was garbage too? Yeah, he said Matt Ryan was garbage. Or, Who did he say was good? Excuse me, overrated. Tyrod, Derek Carr, um, Marcus Mariota, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Um, that's about it. True Breeze, maybe. Got it. Um, man, I just got. I gotta put a little interlude. I've been, I've been drinking these like kind of just. I've been going a little bit more back to the Pilsners, um, and kind of just like lower alcohol ales because these these IPAs just been getting me uh, a little bit too schnockered. So I've kind of been doing a, a, a refrigerator clean out on this show. Um, I started out with uh, a nice little Polish beer. What's this one called? Cywick, um, right? I'm going to botch that Whiskey? one. Whiskey? <laughs> yeah, Whiskey. Uh, I started out with that, and one of the first the beer before that was a Founders, um, what do they call it, ale or whatnot. And then I just cracked a local brewery out of Bedford Park, Illinois, Five Rabbit, which is an awesome brewery uh, owned by a a bunch of people that hail from Mexico. This one's called the Cerveza Dorado Golden Ale. Holy shit, is this thing tasty. God, is that a good tasting beer. Not sticking anything <laughs> away from the founders or that Jawaiki, whatever, however you pronounce that. See, I, 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 can't, I can't pronounce it. Yes, whatever, however you do it. I'll just drink it. You pronounce it. Um, but this Five Rabbit Golden Ale, Cerveza Dorado, if you live in Chicago or you see it around, Oh, that is a, just a damn good beer. Sorry, go on. Uh, I, I think it's pretty clearly Matt Ryan, though. Um, they like, you know, adding Calvin Ridley to Muhammad Sanu, another year of development from Austin Hooper. Uh, you know, the work 
hopefully that him and Sarkeesian have been putting in together uh, this offseason to, you know, sort of refine what they did last year, make some improvements. Um, I think it's going to be a big thing for them. So I think that it, it, it's got to be Matt Ryan. Um, you know, Jared Goff, there's a lot of question marks with how many passes they're going to throw. And if they don't throw more passes, it's hard for him to, to keep up the efficiency he had last year. So we need those more passing attempts to offset. But are you a guy who really wants to take the ball out of Todd Gurley's hands right now? Because I'm not. <laughs> Do you, uh, you know, I think that's a great call with the efficiency that Goff had. Just like kind of, you know, we've talked in years past where defenses and teams um, study so much and they catch up to new uh, Johnny come lately situations. And I'm not taking anything away from the Rams. I think they've got enough talent and obviously a great head coach, um, a mastermind, so to speak, of offense. But, you know, they kind of came out of nowhere and they were just a garbage team and people just didn't know what to expect. And all of a sudden they were just like, boom. And people were like, whoa, shit, the Rams are good. Um, and I think it's going to be a little bit tougher for Goff to, to pull that off um, after a full season of seeing what they got. Do you think uh, with adding Cooks and the subtraction of Watkins, and I know that you're, you're, you love both of them and you're a Watkins believer, is it, a, is it an upgrade? Is it, the, is it the same? Is it a wash? Or was it better with Watson? I mean, this is where I think it's got to be uh, more to uh, – oh, come on. What do I want to say here? I think Cooks can do more as a field stretcher. And, you know, some of those deeper routes that aren't just go routes, I think Cooks is better at running. But I think Sammy, after he has the ball in his hands, is a much more effective player after the catch. So a lot of it's going to depend on the scheme. I mean, what when we've seen... You know, Brandon Cooks asked to be a short yardage receiver. That's where he struggled the most. That's where my concerns are. Um, yeah, what about as you? Case in point, well, I mean, you saw the last play that Brandon Cooks did. He got fucking hammered because he's just, he's small, he's frail, and he, he's not great with the ball after he catches it. I, I agree with you, what you say. I think it, it depends on how um, McShay ends up uh, using him. Um, McVeigh or McShay? McVeigh. Um, yeah. McVeigh. Wait, hold on. That, is this the NFL draft? Um, the, if you want it to be. It's how they use them. I mean, I think, I agree. I think that there's a better, um, there's a more diverse repertoire of, of receiving and, and getting things done on the field for uh, Cooks. But um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Watkins was a better wide receiver for that team. So we'll see the fact that cooks got all that money. is just ridiculous. It's it's, he's not worth that. Um, but I think in general, I think the league and defenses in the NFL will catch up a little bit to what the Rams were throwing last year. Uh, I just do. Um, last thing I'll say here is for either of these guys. So Ryan's ADP at quarterback is QB 13. That feels real good to me. 
you're waiting. I mean, you're saying that Matt Ryan is outside of a, a, a QB one in 12 man leagues. Mm, kind of hard for me to believe that. Um, Jared Goff is QB 14. Um, they're both, let's say you're in a 12 man league based on ADP right now. We know that this kind of bump it back maybe around there too for actual drafts because there's so much depth, but based on the ADP you're seeing on fantasy pros, if you divide it by 12, they're a late eighth round, ninth round pick. Um, would you take either of those guys in that slot? Even though I do think, again, they'll probably be more like a late ninth, 10th, 11th type round pick in, in real drafts. Um, ADP doesn't correlate to what really happens in drafts a lot of the time. What do you think? Do you, would you take a Matt Ryan as your QB one and say the ninth round? Or is that still a little bit too early and you'd, you'd kind of hold off and go for somebody else? I mean, Matt Ryan, he's not my preferred target. Like, if I'm waiting, I th- I'm going to go with the guy who, who I think has upside to be my quarterback on an every week basis. Uh, so I'm going to go with, you know, a guy like Marcus Mariota or somebody else. It's just the way it shakes out. But if it's uh, – um. So you'd rather have like a Mariota. So Mariota is like in the. Um, you'd rather have Mariota in like the tenth than a Matt Ryan in the ninth. Or let's say let's say Mariota eleventh versus Matt Ryan in the ninth. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, what about Derek Carr, Mariota? <laughs> like, you still hating? You still not down with Carr? Have you heard anything John Gruden said this off season? <laughs> I have. Yeah, I love the way they they interviewed him this week. They're like, "How's it going?" He's like, "He's like the he's like it's it's worn off. This the the, the whole thing with me being back and being on the NFL is worn off." He's already like, "Fuck, why didn't I just stay in the booth?" Uh, mm-hmm. And then he looks at then he looks at the uh, futures of a hundred million dollars. God, he's like, "Oh yeah." Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's right. I made. That's right. I made, I, I just got back from practice and I made seventy grand today. Yeah, must be nice. Must be nice. All right, let's go on to the next one. Um, Greg Olson. You need a tight end. Um, the the top three, top four tight ends are gone. And but you want a good one, and so you're not just waiting, waiting. And you've got Greg Olson on the clock, and you want a tight end, or it's Evan Ingram. Which guy are you going with? Ooh, I think it's Evan Ingram. I, I just don't know at this point what Greg Olson has left. We did see, you know, some signs of life late in the season. Um, you know, or in the playoffs late in the season from Olsen, but I just don't know uh, if he's fully back. And even with, uh, you know, talk about Evan Ingram having so many more weapons around him this season, I think he's a guy that they know they have to use. Sort of like, hey, we've got, uh, you know, a young maybe Jimmy Graham light here. Like, this is a weapon. Um it's it's a big big thing, so um, I think it's got to be Evan Ingram for me. Are you worried that 
Evan Ingram, a lot of what happened with him last year. Remember they had Brandon um, Marshall. He was a dog. Um, OBJ got injured uh, pretty early and was gone for the year. Um, really quickly, Evan Ingram was the number one receiver on the team. Shepard, I think, was a little banged up too and had some some moments, but down moments as well. It was it was Ingram's show. Um, and he, he kind of maximized that, not to a ridiculous degree, in my opinion. Um, are you worried that now, and I, I, I'm not saying that I don't agree with you, I, I probably would take Evan Ingram as well, just because, you know, to go back to, you know, Olsen's old, he's banged up. Olsen was, it, it's, it felt like in November, Olsen was going to retire and, and take the job that Witten end up, ended up taking. Uh, there was talk of him just being, you know, figuring out and being like, you know what, I'm going to go take this, uh, I'm going to go take a, a job in the booth. Um, so I don't know. But at the same time, OBJ's back. Uh, you know, they got Barkley and those dump-offs. Uh, who knows? You know, just Ingram didn't blow the socks off. And, and oh, he's a rookie and probably had one of the, you know, top five rookie seasons ever for a tight end um, just because those stats are way, way truncated. But I don't know. Maybe the upside, it's like it, it kind of goes back to it's the upside versus the floor. I think the floor is, is, is much more sound with Olsen, even with his recent injuries and his age. But the what ifs um, with this youngster, Evan, who's essentially – yeah, you know, he's almost the same thing as Brandon Marshall. He's a wide receiver in many ways. Uh, could could pay off. So I'm going to be honest with you. Between us, or not even between us, so our listeners uh, can hear it. I'm all in on Kyle Rudolph over both of them. Uh, you said you would wait for a Mariota at the quarterback position. I'm waiting for a Kyle Rudolph. If you got to pick between Olsen or Evan, go ahead, take it. Um, you know, those guys are sitting at, uh, you know, right now, ADP wise, um, you got Olsen is 60. Uh, they're both in the mid sixties and then, uh, Rudolph is in the mid seventies. Kyle Rudolph with Kirk Cousins and the way that he loves his tight ends and Rudolph again has, has been a, a top performer at the position. He's done it. Uh, I just really like all around what I'm, what I'm thinking um, I'm going to see out of uh, the tight end position in Minnesota. Uh, I'm not all that gaga about Cousins. I, I was initially, but now I'm kind of coming down to earth on him. And I definitely love a Diggs and I love a Thielen, but I think those guys are also going to kind of eat themselves a little bit, into themselves a little bit. Kyle Rudolph, for me, is just he's going to be – he's the tight end that I'm, that I'm trying to get this year. And, again, like you said, Nyoku is another guy that could uh, – um, be uh, pretty dope as well. Um, lastly, just to give you tight ends that I like, I like uh, definitely like Vance McDonald, who I can't even believe that he's so low. Uh, I want to see what happens with him in this uh, preseason, but I like Vance McDonald. I like that rookie, uh, Kasiki. Uh, I definitely, definitely uh, like uh, Njoku, uh, but I love Kyle Rudolph. And I just think as a guy that you know me, I've gone Kelsey in the fourth or fifth round for the last three, four years. I'm going to hold back a little bit. His, he's too rich for my blood at this point. And right now, he's essentially an, uh, you know, an early, uh, early mid third round pick. Just don't see it. Um, I'm, I, I'm all in on Kyle Rudolph. 
Let's go to yeah. go. You got anything to say on that? No, I I agree. Uh, I think Rudolph's a great pick, uh, but I, I what, the reason I think he's a great pick is I think fucking Cousins is gonna smash. Like yeah. I'm, I have no concerns with that. Um, and it's not that I have concerns with him. I guess what I you know I me mean? I like Cousins at like in my first set of tears is like QB four. Um, so he's, I'm coming down to earth on him. You know I love Cousins. Yeah, but I, I kind of I got a little bit anxious with him. Like, oh my god, this guy's gonna be better than Aaron Rodgers, and maybe he will. Be. <laughs> no. Um. All right, let's That's go. Crazy. Let's go on to the next one, and I like this one. This is gonna. This is kind of a a, a trio of players. We've done we've done two. Mostly have been one. Um, so we're gonna go here and just kind of. This is coming out of your th- first three picks, Stag Party. Um, you've got Team A that you drafted and Team B that you drafted after three picks. Team A is you went Alvin Kamara with your first. You got Mike Evans with your second pick. And then you got Gronkowski with your third pick. You got that team. Or the Team B is you went with DeAndre Hopkins with your first round pick. You got Dalvin Cook with your second and Travis Kelsey with your third pick. Out of those two teams, Kamara, Evans, Gronk, or Hopkins, Cook, Kelsey, where are you liking? And uh, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you talk freely for a minute because I'm stepping away for a second. Freely, there's nothing to talk about here. I think the team with Gronk is, you know, sort of clearly superior. Um, you know, the the difference between DeAndre Hopkins and Mike Evans, uh, I think that's gonna take a little bit of us you know, closed down a little bit this year. Um, I, I think the difference between them is going to close. The difference is going to be as great as it was in the, you know, last year. Evans has had some peak seasons that have been, you know, in the 1,200 uh, yard range. I think that's going to be more in the range of where DeAndre Hopkins ends up. But, you know, Gronk over Kelsey uh, looks good. And, you know, Alvin over Alvin Kamara over Dalvin Cook. That also looks good, especially when you're looking at the points per reception um, aspect of it. But yeah, I just I'm not sure if it's possible to even get Hopkins and Cook uh, and Kelsey at this point. Uh, there, the, you know, Kelsey's had one of those prices that have just gone up, 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 and you know, Gronk's been a second rounder. Uh, more and more these days. So I'm worried that it's impossible to get one of these top tier tight ends, even in the third, uh, third round of drafts. Um, I, I, have a feeling stags, I have a feeling as a kid when it was make believe time and some kid was like, yeah, I've got this fort here and here's a unicorn and a Pegasus. You're like, there's no such thing as a Pegasus. Uh, these sports <laughs> don't exist. <laughs> we're trying to make, we're trying to play make believe here, but I, I agree with you. Um, there's no question about it. I, I'm I'm siding on the side of Gronk. Um, I, 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 I'm high on Gronk. Gronk. I just feel I feel like Gronk is uh, he's obviously probably going to get banged up to the point where he's going to miss a game or two. Hopefully that doesn't happen. I feel like something tells me paying playing for a contract outside of the Patriots uh, this year, um, and he's going to, to use your words, smash. 
Uh, Kelsey with Mahomes, I love that. But you just look at the you just look at the numbers for tight ends and the stats, and even you know you even look at them last year. Uh, n- number two, I think, was Kelsey again. Uh, only four points behind Gronkowski. Uh, both were the only two that had a thousand yards. Both had eight touchdowns. Um, Kelsey had more targets. <sighs> 150 points for there. Now, I think the Bolton could score more, but in the third round, I, I, I feel like I'm trying to get more than that. I feel like I'm trying to, um, and, and I've had that in the fourth round, I'm, I'm loving it. Um, but it, it's, it's come last year. Uh, you were getting Kelsey in the fifth round two years ago. Um, I loved what the, he was doing with that uh, draft capital, but now you're creeping into the third round, and I think Kelsey's kind of capped a little bit could he do better than 150 points at the position? Yes. But do I think Kelsey's ever going to do that Gronk style, um, you know, 200 and Jimmy Graham style, 200, 215 points? I, I really don't. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Mahomes is just like, this is my favorite receiver. I'm going to lock in on him. But, you know, you got Sammy Watkins. You got uh, Tyreek Hill. You got the running, the, the, the Kareem Hunt. There's a lot of there's a lot of good friggin' players there. So I, I just think that Kelsey, while still top tier at the position, is capped a little bit by all the talent around him, um, and it's it just it's just too high these days to to say, wow, I got Kelsey in the third round, and I'm super pumped on that. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, I did just take Kelsey in the third rounds of an expert draft, but uh, well, I didn't. What were other options? Who'd you? Yeah, tell me about that team. I, I actually saw um, I saw a, a, a tweet about that. Um, Colin, uh, who was that from? Was that Hybar? No, it was the other dude. Um, was saying, no, hey, Rich, Rich, Rich is in it. Uh, so this is the FSWA going deep. It's like the C League, but there's some big A players in it. Uh, you know, um, Lord Reeves himself, uh, Mike Beller, Pat Fitzmaurice, and a couple of guys you met at uh, yep. the meetup. George Criticos from DLF and uh, formerly Pro, uh, Pro Football Focus. Ari uh, Angle, I think he's uh, football guys. I don't look that up. So. Let's look it up. Look it uh, up. Tell me what your team is. Yeah, it's, it's it. A lot of lot of uh, industry heavy hitters, and it, you know, it's just been awesome. I've been with you for you know forever. Uh, we've been working together, um, you know, since you were a friggin' intern, and I think in our first year here together. And obviously now you're one of my business partners. But it's been so awesome over the course of uh, the last uh, couple of years, where people just consider you one of the ballers and. And that and quote, a tweet that I saw today, some one of the goats of the industry. Um, so it's just, it's just awesome. I want to hear, and I want to hear, I want to hear your team. And secondly, than that, as a as a type two type A guys uh, in the room, two alpha males, go fucking crush those guys. I I, I won the league last year, uh, coincidentally enough, and the year before that, second place. Uh, yeah, buddy, that's my boy. <laughs> So, so it's going all right so far. But uh, number uh, – I had the number two pick. Zeke was the first pick. 
Uh, I thought that was a little bit surprising. Um, but then uh, I ended up with my number one, David Johnson. Uh, I think that's... You what know, picks uh, did you have? I'm sorry. Two. Two, got it. Uh, uh, so I went David Johnson. Then when it came back to me, man, it looked like it was, you know, slim pickings. Uh, it, and I, uh, I ended up with T.Y. Helton in the second round. It was either that or like Joe Mixon, Rob Gronkowski. Uh, let's see here. Zach Ertz, uh, Adam Thielen, and I went T.Y. Hilton. And then after that, you know, Zach Ertz, uh, Adam Thielen went off the board, Joe Mixon, uh, and Ertz, I grabbed... Ertz went before Kelsey? Yeah. God, that's a yes, bad sir. pick. I think, I think a lot of people are, you know, really high uh, on Ertz. And I think, you know, with the, you know, potential injury to Alshon Jeffrey and how and injuries to the other players on that team. You know, no more Trey Burton. You know, even Dallas Godare had an injury. Maybe his arm is broken. Maybe it's not. Uh, it's a little bit concerning. I like so your, I, I like I your Kelsey over Ertz for sure. Did you have any regret, pick regret on not going Kelsey and thinking maybe T.Y. would be around? No. T.Y. all day. Um, I love T.Y. too. I was okay with if I didn't get Kelsey. I would have been fine with it. And I wouldn't have gone Ertz uh, if Kelsey had gone between my two picks. Uh, I would have I probably just, you know, went and grabbed Diggs or Thielen, probably Diggs, if I had T.Y. Hilton as my number one. Um, and then be in a pretty good spot. But I didn't really like any of the running backs. I didn't want to go with a Joe Mixon or a Jordan Howard or, you know, Jarek McKinnon, especially when we talk about that injury he's um, sort of dealing with right now. And now you can just load up. Now that you had that tight end, now you just load up best pick, running back, wide receiver um, until, you know, that 10-round pick or wherever you feel like you need to pounce. And it probably is even later because ex- we know that expert leagues, quarterbacks go even later than they usually do in regular drafts. Um, yeah. So you're going to be able to just sit there and just start knocking out running back or wide receiver essentially for the next seven to nine rounds until you're like, all right, I want to get a uh, quarterback. Uh, yeah, I think that's everybody's plan, though, unfortunately. So luckily – I was able to, uh, you know, snag an earlier tight end, and that lets me not have to worry about the uh, position in terms of number of overall picks. Mel Verde. Nice. Uh, Cool. Uh, Good luck in that league. Uh, You know, fuck him up, buddy. Repeat that shit. I love it. Um, All right, let's get on to this is the last of the who are you taking between these guys. Um, but before we get into that, do us a favor and uh, listen to this word from our sponsors. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you for that. Uh, Leonard Fournette 
We're gonna do a three. This is a three guy. Uh, kind of did a little bit of it earlier um, when we were talking about. Um, no, we did. Yeah, we kind of did. But we're gonna do it anyway. Uh, Leonard Fournette or Kareem Hunt or Melvin Gordon. You're sitting there at that end of the first round, and you're um, on the clock. Out of those three guys, who are you going with, and why? Who that? Say say again. I missed the names. Names are Leonard Fournette or Kareem Hunt or Melvin Gordon. Oh. I've been having so much Kareem Hunt that I'm starting to sour and start to second guess. And we talk about all those weapons with Kelsey, with uh, Watkins with Hill, you know, with Spencer Ware back healthy this season. Um, and, you know, potentially new quarterback, worst defense, uh, or a definite new quarterback, but a potentially worse defense. How is that all going to affect um, the, you know, rushing numbers and rushing total of Kareem Hunt? Because, um, there, there's questions there. I mean, I'm a little bit worried about Hunt's overall workload now. Could they try and keep him a little bit fresher uh, so he doesn't hit a wall like he did again at the middle of the season and he's more of that explosive player, you know, throughout the year? That That's a big, big question for me. Yeah. So, what you got? You told us why you're, you're worried about oh, uh, yeah. Hunt, but which guy Which guy are you going to grab? Fournette? Maybe not Hunt or Melvin Gordon. Which guy do you like? I usually grab Hunt, but I'm starting to sour on him a little bit. Do you think Melvin Gordon at this point, um, who I love, I've actually got, you know, just you know my deal. I've got these guys in my tier two, all three of them. I got Hunt, Fournette, then Gordon. And I got them. I've got them above Barkley. I'm just scared of the rookie aspect for him. Just I think rarely, it, it, you know, we we talked about Ezekiel Elliott and how awesome and how he just changed the game for the Cowboys. But they just had that unbelievably commanding offense. There were just so many stars that aligned. And I'm not saying that Squam Barkley's not going to a shit box offense. He's got some of the great talent in the league, but. I'm just, I'm just not, I'm not going to give him, uh, I'm not going to give him the ring until I, I see it a little bit. Um, but Melvin Gordon, as far as consistency, I think over the last two years, for sure, we know he had a bad rookie season. Um, he's been as consistent as they get. I think he's, you know, basically it's the third most consistent running back over the last uh, two fantasy seasons. Do you like that consistency, or are you more at this kind of in this zone want to get a guy that has a little bit more explosiveness? Um, you know, I think consistency sometimes is overrated. Like, um, you know, the five for fifties are you know okay, but how does that help you win weeks? Right? We, we always talk about these week winners. Yeah. You know. You talk about how you get to, you know, your 100-point score or whatever they say in ESPN 
you know, standard leagues that usually wins your week. How, how do you get there? Blah, blah, blah. How do you divide it up? But, you know, there's a lot of different ways. Sometimes you're going to have a guy score three points, but it matters having that guy who scores 30 points. That's the guy who matters much more. Uh, but luckily, I don't think Melvin's just consistent. I think he's got big upside games in him as well, and he gets a lot of work. Uh, both in the rushing game and in the passing game. So there's not many concerns I have with him. You know, right at the end of the uh, first round, I think he should be coming off the board. And when you can get, you know, um, when you can get Gordon and Fournette or Gordon and, you know, Dalvin Cook, I think you're setting yourself up real nice. Yeah, when you look at the top positional weeks, which is, you know, one of my favorite pieces uh, that you do on a weekly basis in season um, for pyromaniac.com. You look at Fournette, Hunt, and Melvin Gordon from last year. I mean, those guys, it's pretty much almost identical. Um, Obviously, Fournette played three less games. Um, So, you know, something to consider. Gordon has played... uh, 16 games, I believe, the last two seasons. Um, and the, the, something that I did read about Melvin Gordon, which was super impressive, he was on, you know, he was banged up and on the injury report, I think, six of those weeks last week. So he's a gamer. Um, he played 16 games, but he's banged up. And it's like some other players, like, taking the week off. Fournette did it twice. Got suspended for not showing up for the, uh, the photo another week. Um, but Melvin Gordon banged up. And he's like, you know what? I'm playing this weekend, putting up some nice games. Uh, but you look at when they're in there, um, you know, Gordon and Kareem Hunt both had uh, 50%, um, eight out of 16 games. They were RB1s. And in amongst that, um, some super high numbers. Gordon had a number one overall, had a number two overall, three overall, five overall, six overall week, and a few 11 overalls. And then you look at Hunt, he had a one overall, a two overall, a couple four overalls. And just you look at these stats, Fournette had a first overall, a third. And when I, when I say overall, it means like he was the first, he was the, I'll give you an exact example. Fournette in week five was the number one running back in fantasy football last year. Week one last year, we know this, Kareem Hunt was the number one running back in fantasy football. And uh, week six for Melvin Gordon, he was the number one. He scored more than any other running back that week. So these guys are super close. They're consistent. I'm liking what I see out of them. So for me, I'm probably going to do the Fournette thing or the Hunt thing. I'm going to do the Hunt thing. I'm going to go Hunt. He did me right last year. The Hunt, Uh, Hunt. But those guys to me, they're like, yes. Those guys to me are like, I'm going to keep my eye on them. I, I just, who's got the best strength of schedule? How's the team looking or injury? They're just kind of like, I'm, I'm pumped. Late first round, um, you know, it's probably not too late. It's probably more like late mid first round. Um, I'm, I'm happy with either of those guys. Uh, obviously, you're, you're hoping to get that first four batch but of running backs. I am. But at the same time, if you get one of these guys, who knows? They could any of these guys could finish running back one, and you get an earlier jump on that uh, on who you're going to get to pick for that second round pick. Again, ho- as I agree with you, and we'll talk about it in a minute. Hopefully, um, you know it's another running back that you're happy with taking. If it's not, 
and there's a lot of great wide receivers sitting there. I mean, if I could start a, if I could start a league with like a, a Melvin Gordon, and then the second round, lo and behold, somehow Julio Jones comes to me, money. Yeah, yeah, uh, happens all the time. Are you being a dick? No, it does. Oh, like, okay, good, 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 good. Uh, yeah, I like that situation. Um, I just can't believe Julio's just dropped so far. So I'm hoping that I'm hoping that that, that I benefit from it because you know I love the guy. Anyway, uh, anything else to say on this, or should we get to the next thing? On to the next thing. We're moving on. Okay, so we are going to. We're looking at the clock. Oh wow, stag party! You're loving this. Um, Okay, so what we're going to do is we're kind of going to merge segment three and four um, just so that we don't go too long here. And I think uh, any of these concepts we talk about kind of intermingle um, and none of which we need to talk about for too long. But let's just talk about a couple of things right now, and that's trends to know for drafting in 2018 and then whether they affect this or it's just or whatever they don't draft strategies that you'll be using this year, Stag Party, and I'll throw in some of mine as well for 2018. So just kind of go on a little brain dump here and I'll intersperse as well. I mean, when you when you go through the drafts, when you go through best ball and you go through, you know, the ADP for sites that are hosting mock drafts or real drafts right now, the first thing you're probably going to notice is running backs are being drafted you know, throughout the first round, higher than nearly ever before. You're getting, you know, nine or ten off the board, uh, you know, this season as compared to the last couple seasons when it used to be a five or six running back mix with five or six receivers or five to seven, and you were getting a little bit of that mix in the first round. But now it's it's clear that people are, paying premiums for those running backs. They want some stability on their roster. And, you know, we've really had a lot of good luck with, you know, first and second round picks at the running back position over the last, you know, year or two. They've they played in a lot of games. They've been banged up, uh, but they've still played, you know, besides David Johnson last year, really not a lot of notable injuries, you know, for guys going down, you know, for entire seasons. Um, but that just gives you a lot of different viable strategies to play. You could play with the modified zero RB after you get a good one uh, in the first round. You could play, you know, straight zero RB where you end up with Julio Jones and Ke- Keenan Allen uh, in your drafts. Uh, and then you, you know, you have to work the running back position Uh but I, I think it's pretty clear that uh, the influx of running back talent over the last few years of the draft, including, you know, this one that's produced a, you know, first round fantasy pick in Saquon Barkley uh, is the main trend. So how you react to that uh, is, is sort of up to you. And there's a lot of different ways to go about it and, you know, draft strategies, you know, tearing off players will give you a lot of edges in that, you know, realm. I think the second thing you see is sort of a, a late second, early third influx at the tight end position that maybe, 
you know, shouldn't be there. Uh, you hmm. talked about the raw point totals for guys like Ertz and Kelsey and where, you know, uh, lack, uh, racked in. <sighs> no, no question about it. And, you know, the one thing that I'll say, while the tight ends are at least those uh, top three, and even now with Jimmy Graham joining forces with Aaron Rodgers and coming off a nice touchdown season, you know, he's he's right there as well. People, he's getting hyper overdrafted. The one value that I see, and it's kind of a bummer, I'm a wide receiver guy, but I also, whenever I draft, included every league last year, including um, the MFL 10s I've done this year and the limited mock drafting I've done. There's just the depth of the wide receiver is so ridiculous that when you do pounce on these wide receivers, even like you kind of said, that zero RB where you're getting Julio or Keenan Allen, that league, when you're when it's time to come back to that running back position, you're screwed. You're like, yeah, I'm I'm rocking with uh, Alex Collins as not even. You're going deeper than that if you're doing that. You're you may now it's, maybe it's about an Alex Collins. You essentially are saying, um, I've got a, and, and that's yeah, almost a high one. Maybe more like a Tevin Coleman, Jay Ajay types that you're saying, all right, that's my running back one, and that's that's kind of uh, that's that's a little brutsky. So I'm down with the getting the running backs with those first two picks because there's just so much depth at wide receiver. And the the reason why I'm bringing this, you're saying tight ends are moving up. The running backs are kind of pretty much fully occupying the first round. What that's done is that's really pushed down tier two, tier three um, of wide receiver, where now you're looking and you're seeing, wow, A.J. Green looking good. Mike Evans might be coming at a value. Your T.Y. Hilton call. Every kind of buddy in the, t- in the wide receiver position gets pushed down the line. And um, if you can get, obviously it's nice to have that one of those early first half of the um, your, your draft slot. Um, if you get that, there's just no reason why you shouldn't just be knocking out two running backs or I like what you did, but or uh, a running back wide receiver running back um, and be walking out of those first rounds with the running back because it's I feel like it's a little bit easier to pick them up. It's a little easier. Uh, I mean, a little harder to pick up the running backs throughout the season. It's a little harder to stream them and know what you're doing. And it's a little bit nicer to have, you know, a slew of uh, a couple pretty solid wide receivers, but also, you know, like a handful of guys that you can roll and go to war with on a weekly basis and do some streaming. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's, uh, there are so many different, you know, strategies that you can go in and succeed with, but the best strategy is to, you know, not really have one to adapt we always talk about it because if everybody's just hammering away at these running backs and a guy like Antonio Brown slipping to the, you know, eighth, ninth, tenth pick in a draft, you should be rushing to the draft board to put his name on the fucking board. Like everything, you know, isn't always set in stone. You can't, you know, you know, stake your claim to players before you get there because it's just not the way it works. Some trends suck, and we also you look at some of these uh, these numbers. 
Last year, obviously, um, you know, uh, excuse me, I'm spacing his name. Uh, Andre DeAndre Hopkins is the number one wide receiver. But you compare his his season last year overall, especially when Watson was lighting it up, to what the wide receiver position was doing in other seasons. And it was like obvious that last year was a little bit of a down year for the wide receiver position. You know, Odell Beckham out. Brown doing his Brown thing. Julio Jones more or less just absolutely shit in the bed and being in the teens when he was drafted in the top six, seven picks in the first round in essentially every draft. I'm pretty sure his ADP in drafts last year, for what it's worth, coming off a Super Bowl loss, I'm pretty sure his ADP was higher than Antonio Brown a year ago. Um, So, and you know, just going into that, it was a down year for wide receivers. What do I think? I think it's going to be an up year for wide receivers. And all these running backs that were taken, while I still want one, uh, or two of those, because there's, I just think there are more of these wide receivers that could have that season that makes it an uptick in the season than there are at the running backs. Like, literally, I'm looking at my tier five and even tier six, and Juju uh, Smith, uh, Jordan Nelson, those guys could light it up under that. Where I look at the correlation over to running backs, and I'm sitting there, and it's like Rex Burkhead, Ronald Jones, Carlos Hyde, <laughs> you know. Those wide receivers that deep are looking a lot better to me. And if I've got the running backs already drafted and they're on my squad, I I, got to get more running backs, but I can kind of just like chip away at a handful of wide receivers. They're going to do some good things. I I feel real good about that because I like some of these receivers that go pretty friggin' deep. Running backs, I'm essentially throwing a, a, a... a dart onto a board with blindfolded. It can work out. Yeah, but it's not. It's not as. It, it can work out. You know, you get the guy that drafted with his last pick, Kamara. It worked out for him. <laughs> um, probably more of a waiver wire guy. But all right, let's. Um, so here, with that said, two running backs are. What's a draft strategy? <clears throat> that you're or a guy or a position or something that you just have in your back of your mind that you're going to be using this year and hoping that the guys in that, uh, that league we were just referring to aren't listening. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, I sort of use the same strategies all the time. I mean, you know, I, tier my my ranks i go with the flow um when there's a guy i have way ahead of adp you know i'll wait a little bit to draft him um when i have him ranked well ahead and then when there's a guy you know maybe i don't like uh as much but then adp says hey this guy has fallen you know around and a half you know, sometimes it's best to use wisdom of the crowd and just fall on the sword there. You know, I don't really like this guy, but hey, you know, his value now is, you know, you know, great. So now's the time to jump on it. So I definitely like that. Um, those couple things. And uh, you know, I'm always going to stick with later kickers and defenses. 
that's uh, just the way I play um, and the way that's worked for me and the way the numbers sort of dictate playing. And then uh, I'm going to use a mix of, you know, what I see on the field with what the numbers suggest and go from there. Are there any guys that you do earmark, like a handful of players that you're like, this guy shouldn't be drafted maybe, but with my last pick or two, maybe it's not your last two pick or two because you're doing your uh, – your kicker and defense there um is there do you ever say like these four guys are someone that i would like to have at the very end they're like kind of my mr irrelevance that if they hit it's great and uh, i feel like the hunch that i have is, is is it pays off um do you ever do that and just kind of reach for some guys and you're like i can have this player but i really like this player even though he's not even on the my website that I'm drafting on ranking list. Or, oh, all the time. Um, are you know, there some guys that you like there? Because I do it all the time as well. And sorry to interrupt you, but mostly because like I'm just in my mind as a warrior war sometimes. I'm like, all right, this fucking guy is going to be the number one pickup week three. Kind of like we knew last year with Aaron Jones. I bought into your whole thing and Williams. We talked a lot about those guys last summer. And they both produced. Um, but I, I agree. Like, I'm just worried. Like, the, I'm, this guy's going to finally get it done. It's going to be week three. And I'm going to be three and oh, or two and oh. I'm going to the second to last or last uh, pickup slot. And I'm not going to get him. So, fuck it. These other guys I don't even want. I'd rather roll the dice and just see, take this guy so that I don't miss out on him on the waiver wire. Yeah, I mean, definitely. There's, like... The 10th through the, you know, 16th, 18th, 20th uh, rounds of your draft should be, um, you know, shot in darks. You're looking for guys that can be league winners, weak winners. Those slow and steady guys really don't get it done, you know, for me, but you can sort of grab them uh, and pick them up earlier in the draft because, you need to balance out that upside with the downside, but late in your drafts, it's all about upside. Yeah, right. Is there any dudes, uh, and I know you probably don't want to mention them, but is there any guy, and you can even do smoke and mirrors for some of the other guys, is there a guy right now that's in that, that zone where you're just like, you know what, it's, it, 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 what if he could be a, a dude that's sitting there, hey, let's not get carried away, but a, a top 20, a top 15 player in his position that's just on no I mean essentially Alvin Kamara last year it happens every year um, trying to think of who else would, uh, would would fall into that uh, that realm I don't know uh, Jack Doyle uh, maybe could fill that realm but uh, <clears throat> is there a dude that that you would I mean, pick that you're targeting kind of at that last thing that maybe hits last last pick if I need a wide receiver John Ross, like this is a guy, you know, Pope, you know, he's in his second year in the league, didn't have a lot of, you know, fanfare after his sort of non-explosion last year, but he's one of the, he's got a skill taking the top off the defense. And I also think he's underrated as a, you know, route runner and he can get open in the red zone. So when you look at all those things and you look at an offense that should, you know, play, uh, at a more reasonable offensive pace this year, uh, that 
you know, shapes up well. Um, and, you know, if you're looking at running backs, uh, you know, there's a lot of, you know, maybe like a guy like Austin Eckler, um, Naheem Hines, even Corey Grant, uh, those style of guys, uh, you know, in PPR leagues, uh, could be impact players who, you know, just put up steady, steady points for you. Totally. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I agree. I feel like I'm liking a little bit, uh, you know, I've been talking about him. I got to keep my eye on him and see what's going on. But like a, a last pick for me is, uh, you know, there, there, there's a lot of my – I definitely kind of think the Mike uh, Gesicki uh, is a guy. And he might – you know, right now he's tight end 19, essentially – you know, in most leagues, he's not getting drafted. Uh, if he is, I even like Vance Johnson. Um, and then Vance Johnson, Vance McDonald, Vance McDonald, Vance Johnson. Nice, dude. That's awesome. The three amigos love Vance Johnson. That guy was the best. Um, but yeah, and I, I think in, on top of that, Tyler Higney just kind of stick it uh, at the tight end position. And Jake Butt, Jake Butt is a guy that I li- literally like love. I don't think I can draft him just because it's just like he's just so far off the radar of getting drafted for most people. But maybe that changes over the course of the next few weeks. So, but Jake Butt, I think, is going to have a solid pro career and a guy that I'm down with. You know, I don't know. Keep it at tight ends. Love Ebron this year. Uh, I think he could do some some great stuff with uh, with luck. Any other trends in drafting um, or in what you're seeing out there, or even if it's not about a, an, a, an actual draft position or a strategy or whatever, are there any trends out there in fantasy football, uh, Twitter, whatever, whatever it could be that you're noticing that could give a listener a, a, a leg up? Is there a, a, a person that just anything? Is there any sort of trend that you think is, is happening in fantasy football at any level? Uh, let's see. I'll mention one of them and, 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 and while you're thinking about it, and I, I know that you're a big you're a big hit on it. But that uh, Ryan McDonald, um, those he he released the beat writers uh, fa- follows and information uh, this week, uh, or maybe it's last week, and then also his top <clears throat> Twitter follows um, that are happening. I think that trend of just like, again, we kind of, I feel like we started in many ways, like really opening up the curtain and saying, hey, you're not our competition. We're all in this together. Um, I hope we did. I feel like we were really trying to do that, um, however successfully or unsuccessfully we, we have. Um, so I really love that whole thing that that, that, that fella's doing with these um, spreadsheets of, hey, check out all these Twitter accounts you should follow and all the different um, types of, of people they are. You know, you were a top follow. You're a stat guy. You're also a redraft guy. So I love that piece. So that that would be that would be an element or a trend in the in the industry that I like. It's just kind of this this sharing community element. Yeah, um, that's started to grow. Uh, there's a bunch of new sort of league formats that are you know being presented and pushed. Like, what should be the top, uh, you know, I think Yahoo's default uh, league setting this year switched to half-point PPR this year. 
So that's something to keep uh, monitoring if you start a new league there. Um, let's see. You know what? I, while you're talking about this, I totally agree. I, I tweeted an article that came out of um, The Ringer. I don't know if you saw this, but um, I think only Yahoo's doing it, deep, um, deep, uh, allowing it. Maybe CBS. I know ESPN isn't, but the uh, instead of points per reception, going with points per first down. That's, yeah, that's, what the Fishbowl. that's pretty dope. That's what the Scott Fishbowl was last week or last year. Um, right. and, it, and it's great because, you know, it equates more to real football. You mm-hmm. need first downs to get, uh, to move the chains and to keep playing. And, you know, sometimes you need first downs to score more points. And it just makes a lot more sense than those, you know, very rare one catch for zero yards counting for one point rather than none. And also, the other thing I think that's important is like, like those explosion plays, like Tyreek Hill style, Juju. It's like those guys have these, these, you know, one catch, and they they deserve to get points, but one catch for a sixty-nine yard touchdown. Um, but at the end of the season, when you compare, uh, you know, maybe a Tyreek Hill to a Larry Fitzgerald, um, when you're doing a point per first down. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a major invert of what's really happening there. You know, these explosion guys, if you're in that type of league, are truly like, you know, they're they're devalued. So, um, yeah, I, I, I when I saw that and you talking about different league styles, and it makes a lot of sense. You know, a lot of a lot of us have been doing fantasy football for a really long time, and even in my oldest league, I, it's hard because we got a bunch of curmudgeons in it, but I'm like, guys, we got to change it up. This league is fucking boring. And these guys are like, no. <laughs> I finally just got them to do like PPR last year, maybe two years ago. And it's just like, these guys are just fucking so boring. Um, and all every one of my other leagues is just so much more interesting. Cause people are like, oh, yeah, that sounds dope. It's not an advantage for me any more than you. We just got to know the fucking rules of our league and act accordingly. So um, I definitely like all these new kind of rules, formats and whatnot and league formats. Yeah. I mean, I I think there's a lot of different um, things happening and it's always happening. And, uh, well, there's also some cool things happening with, you know, fan are with sites adding more fantasy coverage. Um, you know, you now got, you know, the athletic going into fantasy. Um, and that's cool. It's just gonna, uh, continue to grow and grow. And that just makes it more fun to talk about. Are you a member? Oh, yeah. I've been a member for a long time. Um, yeah, I've noticed much. also Roto world. That, that's cool. I'm going to become a member. Um, I noticed Roto World literally in the last week has really turned on the paywall element. Have you noticed that? Um, which is great. Good for them. They were giving it away for a while. And they're, I don't like the way they're framing it as all the draft kit because I think it's more of like a season-long thing. I think they're kind of – their messaging's a little off there, but whatever. Um, but they are definitely now are like an Evan Silva or a, or a, um, a Rybar, um, Lord Reeves, whatever – article you used to get all of it now it's like a third of the way down they're like all right you want the rest of this pop in and you know that's just the way things are going you can't do work for free 
Um, but yeah. that, 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 that was a surprise for me. So uh, the site that I love that is mostly free right now, though, the, is the, um, the Players Journal. Um, it's obviously <laughs> not like this data and source of intel and strategy and helping you. It's more of like these, you know, narrative and big stories. It's more of like uh, ESPN and Bob Lay's old stuff. Um, you know, where you're kind of doing exposés, but really what I love about it, it puts the players and it gives the pen, it gives the microprocessor, the word processor, it gives the computer, it gives the story to the players. And I'm sure in a lot of cases, they got an editor and a writer that works with them and interviews them and kind of collaborates with them. But what happens at the end of a lot of these stories in the player journal is really special. You know, I cried, I laughed, I, uh, it was better than cats. <laughs> But honestly, I mean, truly, I I cry in a lot of these articles, um, just feeling whether it's not even a sad story, just being so pumped. The Adam Thielen story from literally about one year ago um, on this on the Players Journal about him doing he wasn't asked to the combine or even close, but he did like this, you know, a, a combine version for like, you know, D3 players and. He's waiting for his results with his buddies, you know, that he played ball with at some stupid motel, you know, five miles away from the stadium that they were just doing it. And he fuck, it comes back and he, he ran a 4-4. And him and his buddies are going crazy. And, he, you know, a week later he's being asked to uh, uh, try out for the, the, the Minnesota Vikings. And we know how that story goes. It's just like these heartfelt stories. You know me, dude. I'm, I, I'm a sucker for all that stuff. So I love Players Journal. Athletic, I need to become a member of, but I like that movement. I'm happy Roto World's asking to ch start charging for the whole movement. Is like, hey, you know, we're doing great content. You're gonna have to pay to play in some regard. We're gonna give you as much as we can, but at the same time, we can't we can't give the house away. Uh, anyway, I don't really have anything else to say. If there's a trend or a drafting strategy that you had in mind, or anything that you wanted to throw out, give a shout out to anybody. Um, do so now, but I think we had a, a, a super productive, I mean, fantasy gazoo out the wazoo kind of show. Yeah, uh, it was good. I don't have anything else. Uh, let's just get after it. Cool. Let's get after it. Stag party. Nice work. Welcome back. Go get some sleep. Uh, some of the things that we're going to be doing, obviously, we told you about the draft kit. That'll be out this weekend. We're going to be updating our... Um, our rankings on the website. Uh, thereafter, we're going to focus on that, get it out. And then um, it's the 15th of August right now. It's going to be a friggin' blink of an eye before it's week one. But as we told you, be fluid. Don't have a draft strategy. Work hard on your tiers. Pay attention to the player, the fantasy football news, the NFL news, the team news, the beat reporter news. Um, stay on top of it over these next three weeks. It's important. Don't buy too much into anything, but don't discredit anything. Stay on them. Refine your tiers. Have fun. But honestly, if you just are prolific and, and, and stay on this stuff, um, you know, you're three weeks away. Maybe your drafts this weekend, but you definitely aren't drafting after week one. So um, we're getting close. So just dedicate yourself to it. Listen to our Pyro podcast. Do your stuff. Check out Stag Party on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle, buddy? Let him know. Pyrostag. P-Y-R-O-S-T-A-G. Good follow. Stag Party, you're the man. Good luck. I always always love doing it. I think next Wednesday, me, you, and Houdini are going to be together. 
which would be great. You know, I like being uh, I like being near you. So I'll see you in a week from today at the spot. We'll have Houdini back on the mix. Houdini's out on business. Uh, I want to give a shout out um, to all the guys that are helping out. Wheeler's been doing some great stuff. We just released our draft strategy. Me, Wheeler, and uh, Houdini uh, put it out, and it's a nice little collaborative. Check that out for sure. We brought on a new guy named Brad. We're going to have to make his uh, pseudonym a little more interesting than that. But a cool guy from Canada. Lives in Toronto. He's been uh, he's been listening to the Pyro podcast for what he says over th- thousands or over a thousand hours. I like this guy. Uh, he's going to be contributing with us this year, so that's pretty exciting. Um, all awesome stuff, guys. Psyched to have a, another Pyro podcast. Heavy. It's nice to have to say that with Pyro Mo doing so much these days with the light. Um, and let's just rock out. You know, it's going to be it's a great time of year. Stag party. Much love, buddy. Thanks, Again. man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy. Enjoy. Again, congrats to these stags. All right. We out. We love you, Pyros.